Hello and welcome to Kingdom Quest episode 159. I'm your host, Mike. Accidentally deleted his Xenoblade Chronicles X save apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Whoops. Feeling a deep sense of regret for my friend here. <laughs> <laughs> my very family master. Feeling a lovely case of Schadenfreude in Japan over here. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Michael Baker, Gaiji Monogatari, with the world's cutest little co-host, Yay. sitting nice and quiet, because she just had her lunch. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, joining... Warren, if she decides she wants more lunch, it will get noisy. I'll try to mute the mic then. <laughs> and that other voice you hear, joining you all tonight, uh, this is Matt, Platy M3. What's up? Mm-hmm. Hey. Noted yeah. friend of the podcast. Yes, you must yeah. be... Pretty pleased with the number one on our top ten of the decade. Oh yes, very very pleased. Oh, I should go yeah, see, I, I didn't even try to make one of those top ten lists because I knew <laughs> mine would be completely all over the place and probably even more so than Noodles was. And she nominated two or three Kirby games. Yeah, <laughs> known RPGs, Kirby. Yeah. I, I, but she does that every single time. Yeah, she, no, she no also did nine games. Was hers nine list? Nine, nine yeah. Everybody else's was ten. There was a five in there. And then there was just a nine. I was like, okay, wait a minute. Who couldn't come up with a ten? <laughs> Listen, there's only so many Kirby games that came out. It's true. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's like when I was filling out the original um, um, questionnaire for the first round of picks, I managed to get, I think I had 14 games total I had played on that list. I went 1 through 13, put Final Fantasy 13 at 13 just because, and then put Bravely Default at 25. (laughs) (laughs) Because I knew it would probably end up on the list somehow anyway, and I was going to recognize that, but I was not going to give it anything higher than the lowest possible. Nice. (laughs) Oh, you three just hate that game. (laughs) Sorry. I don't even hate it as much as Please remember, remember, I have a Japanese 3DS, so I was never able to play it without um, with the controls on Encounter Right. To begin with. Oh, well, yeah, that would uh, that that definitely plays a part of it. I mean, I guess you could try tracking down a copy for the sequel, but that seems kind of pointless. At this I mean, stage. I could do that, but I was sick of the game by the time that um, that yeah. new version came out. Yeah. I'm Plus, so I wasn't willing really... to give Bravely Default to a try. <laughs> also, wasn't very fond of the uh, Zynga style um, Street Pass mini game. It's like if I wanted to play one of those, oh, man, I, I completely forgot fun. about that. <laughs> yes, oh, exactly. I really loved yes. that. That was fun. Eh. I had my little base up on the moon working for me the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'll give that game. I'll give Bravely Default to a try when that comes out. That is the peace offering I will give to Bravely Default. I'm gonna give Bravely Default another try at some point. But uh, I guess eventually. But I've got so many other good games to play. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to switch. There's a lot of things uh, that uh, yeah. probably are higher I mean, priority. There's still good stuff on the 3DS. I mean, I just yeah, I finally yeah. finished up Monster Strike, which was surprisingly decent. And that's probably, and all those games are probably cheap as hell. So, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Monster Strike usually goes 500 yen at most stores. Um, I found a copy in the um, in the secondhand anime goods store downtown for a dollar. Yeah, so you know, time to it's, clean up. It's still available new for four thousand yen. What human being is buying that? <laughs> it's it's at Probably the toy not. store in the mall. Um, uh, they don't they, they don't do secondhand stuff at that store, so it's just whatever parents will buy for their kids. Yeah, and they're probably not willing to mark down too much since they 
probably paid new price for it. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I just kind of laugh quietly at all the stuff that is like two or three. I mean, on a defunct system at this point. Yes, exactly. And uh, here, here you go. And it's still being charged at full price. It's just so. terrifying to think of a universe where, like, you you could go to one store and pay literally forty times the price of another. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's that's the way it is sometimes. I mean, um, the stores that do have new and used games at the same time will generally do things like a fifty percent off eventually. Yeah, it's still yeah, quite a bit more than the secondhand price for a lot of these games. But mm-hmm. um, it's like buy three and get a huge reduction kind of thing sometimes just kind of move the new product that isn't selling yeah except the uh, i mean the sataya downtown managed to have game boy advance games still i think that reminds me of oh. the like place in my hometown if you couldn't tell mom just arrived home and yeah, yeah. host is very happy oh reina okay i'm gonna pop i'm going to mute the mic now you guys keep talking Okay. That reminds me of the place back in my hometown that I didn't realize carried any video games until <laughs> I went there in like 2012 and found like eight copies of Gunstar Superheroes for some reason. <laughs> I had no idea why they only seemed to have that game. I had never actually seen it in a store. I don't have any guesses as to what the heck was going on there. That's alright. My local Walmart, half of their 3DS stock that they have remaining is Yokai Watch 1. Nice. They've got about <laughs> they've got about 20, 25 copies of it. It's oh, just sitting yeah. there in two rows. And, you know, about once a month, I just kind of wander back there to make sure nobody's bought anything. make any. sure that those Yokai Watch are still waiting and watching. <laughs> yep. I watched the like that was one of the things that I thought like I can I always like when I pass through a big box store I look at what has no longer gets like a display where like you can see the cover art mm-hmm. but clearly still has a bunch of copies left because <laughs> that's always the ones that's like oh this probably didn't sell the expectations like this underperformed and the last time I saw that was like Bravely Second which the Walmarts near me had like just stacks and stacks of copies that no longer had their cover displayed. You could just see them sitting underneath all the games they actually thought they might one day sell. Oof. <laughs> yeah, it was... I, I think that game underperformed. <laughs> oh, apparently it got... They had the apology this week, right? They've apologized now for that game. Wait, they apologized for that? Yeah, I saw oh. that. <laughs> Yep, the uh, producer, director, whatever, set an apology and kind of went into detail a little bit about uh, what the team didn't like with their uh, end product. Huh. Yeah, let me uh, find that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking this up. I'm seeing like a Silicon Era thing mm-hmm. about their fifth anniversary, the fifth anniversary of the game. Exactly. That was the, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And then there's fans pushing back upon the second about the yeah, apology. I've, heard, I've heard, definitely heard people like the second one. I wouldn't have expected an apology for the second that was not also on some level an apology for the first. So, I, 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 like Part of it was we reused assets. Okay. Yeah, but I mean the first one does that aggressively too. So. <laughs> well, I was muted. 
Well, I think it was more that it reused assets from the first one, which completely makes sense, though. I mean, yeah, I mean that's, that's I wouldn't. Yeah. The same series with the same cast on the same system. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah, like I, I feel like there's a tendency, especially now, people have gotten it into their heads that like reusing assets is a problem. But it's it's weird to me because like look at essentially every sprite-based video game ever. <laughs> exactly. Like Capcom made an entire business out of it. Like people, people would never let them get away with Marvel vs. Capcom two again. Like they they couldn't do it. But that was a game that could only happen through due to the accretion of sprites made over a decade of fighting games. <laughs> like there are four new characters in that game. <laughs> so basically, it's a clip show. Basically, I mean, like, a handful of characters got redrawn. Some characters who had never been sprited before became sprites. But, I mean, like, there, a ton of them, it's just dozens of, like, old X-Men versus Street Fighter characters. Like, infamously, Morrigan was using the same sprite from, like, 1994 to, like, 2005 in Capcom Fighting Evolution. It's just, like, that's how you save money. <laughs> that is how you get games out in anything resembling a reasonable amount of time. I saw... I think it was a month or so ago. It was about a month. Uh, yeah, because it was, cause it was uh, about a month or so before FF7 Remake came out. And one of the last few trailers, people were like, Cloud has the same face structure as Noctis. And it's like, yeah, I mean, rigging, making a model that detailed and not using another one as a base is straight up wasteful. <laughs> like, I would think that you were dumb to have... It's like, it's the FF... 14 1.0 thing of like why did you spend so much time and resources on something that didn't make sense to if anyone remembers the infamous thing where it's like well we modeled house plants to the same level of detail as characters and it's like well that that explains a lot about why this sucks uh, but yeah Speaking of, anyone else want to talk about FF7 Remake again? <laughs> I do, but do you want me to tell you how I lost my save first? Oh, the yeah, I should probably Chronicles. hear about this, because yes. I don't even know how you get at the so, save. <laughs> so how how far were you? You you did complete the game, right? Xenoblade X? No. no. Oh, no, no, this he is was X. dozens okay. of hours in, though. Yeah, probably 40 to 50 hours. So, like, halfway. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that's, that it hurts, man. So, Sorry, what happened? <laughs> so the game was installed on an external hard drive because, yeah. you know, Wii U has no storage space, which was starting... I believe the maximum amount is 32 gigs. Which I had noticed seemed to be dying because, uh, like, games were taking forever to load to the point where... I, you were thinking they were like freezing? <laughs> no, just taking forever to load to the point where I moved stuff around so I could get Super Mario 3D World onto like the internal memory, just so it would mm -hmm. load faster and the kids would stop complaining. Fair. <laughs> uh, so uh, I had recently gotten like a huge external hard drive for my um, Xbox. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to take the old hard drive there and just repurpose it for the Wii. Wii U, forgetting there's this whole thing with the Wii U where it has to be a hard drive with like one of those Y cables. Yeah, it has to be like powered or yeah. something. Uh, and, and I didn't realize this at first because I had I'd copied some stuff just fine, 
and then gotten like an error because that's what happens if you if it doesn't have like some sort of power source. <laughs> uh, so I used a different hard drive I had that had the Y cables and like continued copying stuff over, forgetting here that I was not using copy, I was using move and took uh -huh. the first hard drive I'd used and plugged it into my computer and reformatted it and started using it there. And that had my Xenoblade save on it. I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised. Like, I think the Switch does this differently because I'm pretty sure that the way that it works on the Switch is that saves are always stored on the internal NAND. They are, yes. It's not the case on I the I am Wii shocked U. that that's it's, not how it works on the Wii U. It seems to be that everything is... Stored with the game, I right, imagine. Wherever the game is, is wherever. Oh, so it's the lovely Vita form. Yep. Oh man, I still hate that. I need to. I need to remove this bubble so that I can make space. I yeah. hope you don't want your saves anymore. Uh, see, yeah. that's why I've got my hacked Vita with two hundred gigabytes on there. I, I need no. I can't that's... fill it. Yeah, that's probably about as much. Like most of those are like a gig or two. Like that's probably a, like every worthwhile game that could you could fit on there yeah. is going to fit in that space. Yeah, I, I poured a lot on there. I just finished up uh, last week Trails of Cold Steel two. Um, nice. No, not Cold Steel. Sorry, Trails in the Sky two. Oh, okay. um, oh nice. Also, but nice, I I played the Vita version, the translated. Um, evolution. Oh, the evolution version. Yeah, that was great because I had speed up. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, I need to... I've got all this spare time. I should get around to that on PC where it also has speed up. Yeah. I've, yes. I've been playing a little Trails of Cold Steel, which is really good. But... I, I've completed that one. Yep, I completed that one. That one, I may do Cold Steel 2 next. I'm finishing up Tokyo Mirage Sessions now. Nice. I'm finally in the last chapter. I'm currently uh, in right before the new content of Persona 5 Royal. I stopped to record literally in the last section where you have control before killing the final boss of the nice. original game. So. Uh, I have been playing that, obviously, and that has delayed my Persona a bit but also going to be digging into some tiny little RPG on Switch, something with an 11 in it or something, I don't know. Oh, yes, yes, that short little thing, that won't take any time. And, uh, that, I voraciously plowed through 11S, that game. Yeah. <laughs> it just... And see, I, I burnt out on it. <laughs> oh jeez! I put like 120 hours into the uh, the original PS4 version. version. Yeah. Yep. I could see that. So I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do, I'll do the S version." And I played for an hour or two. I'm like, "No, no, I'm gonna do it all in 2D mode." It's... And I oh. think it it was different. It was different enough to keep it's me a, going. It's a very and, different game in 2D. <laughs> oh, it very much is. Um, lots of random encounters. <laughs> Which was, uh, you know, fun for about 30 hours, and then I got close to the end of the uh, first story arc, and I had a buddy who wanted to try it out, and here it is six months later, I think he's put a couple hours into it. <laughs> <sighs> I just don't get it, but I could be lecturing wheels about that same thing right now, so... Yep. <laughs> well, I, it came out 
It originally came out around the same time as Alliance Live, which I stupidly said, Correct. yes, yes, I'll take that and review it, and spent most of my free time playing that and finishing it and not writing a review. Because I'm a terrible person. Uh, and Speaking of which, Dragon... David, how's the uh, Grandia reviews going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, long, long ongoing. Uh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like you you lose steam, and then you look back on what you've written, and it's like, ah, uh, I'm not happy with any of this, but at the same time, I can't think of anything yeah. better for it. So, well, mm-hmm. I I made the mistake of when uh, Link's Awakening came out. I had already finished it and wrote a review for that, and this is a game I've, I, you know, already. Yeah, it's very ingrained in my brain, and so I had already had a lot to say about it, and I was like, oh, that went easy, let me, you know, I can do reviews again. You fool. Disgaea 5 didn't (laughs) completely destroy me, no, it's, (laughs) no. My mistake. (laughs) I will, I I still want to try and just get that review done, just so so it's done yeah but uh, writing reviews is not for me and I should have realized that a long time ago I tend to I tend to when I'm writing for my own sake I tend to gravitate more into like the less like evaluatory discussion which is usually what reviews are meant to be more about and more about like what the game means to me and that doesn't there's not really a lot of place for that so Uh, yeah, I have a hard time backing off the whole first person. Yeah. With, just want to yeah. talk about how much they mean to me, man. <laughs> I, I haven't done my Rune Factory 4 one, and I've been done with that game for, gosh, a month and a half now at this nice. point. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to get married in the game because I figured, oh, that's like one of the significant additions they made to this version of the game. They yeah. put in some honeymoon mode at the end. And... So I'm like, okay, I'll keep playing into the third story arc. I've done this third story arc for 20, 30 hours plus. Did all the grinding for it on the 3DS. I don't need to do the bonus content story arc for this game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've just kind of been fooling around with it. And holy crap, I cannot get the marriage thing to trigger. It's been like... (laughs) (laughs) Which is weird because um, I didn't have a problem on the 3DS. But I know one of the big complaints about the 3DS is... Um, version was you couldn't get the third story arc to trigger there was um it was a random trigger to get it and um i know anna marie mentioned that she tried it and she gave up back in 3ds days on rune factory for just like okay this isn't going to trigger i was reading a review somewhere else where the guy's like i played an entire game year and couldn't get it to trigger (laughs) <laughs> like 120 game days and it wouldn't trigger i did all the different things and me i had no problem on the 3ds day time i do it in this game sure enough it triggers the second day after i rolled credits but marriage can't get it to trigger huh. i mean i i've got my my affection levels like 16 17 18 which takes quite a bit of days to, for each one to go up and you could apparently get the marriage to trigger at like affection level 12 or 13 so I'm like 30, 45, 60 days past when it could happen. It's just not doing. It's just, yep. I'm like, okay. I can't I can't can't seal the deal here. <laughs> I mean, that's why you just give the ab- player the ability to propose or something. I, I and they didn't do that in this one. 
Yeah, it's just weird. So, I mean, yeah, in, on one hand, the RNG seemed to have been fixed on for one thing, because I've read plenty of other reviews since uh, I've been waiting around with mine, and nobody else is having problems with that. But then again, none of the other reviews, since most don't, people don't play it to completion, nobody's really got any comments about the whole um, getting married part. Yeah. So I was like, I'll, I'll have that. Well, no, I probably won't have that. Like, I understand, like, maybe why, like, they want the game to seem like the, who knows what more content it might have, like, for the player who doesn't know what they're getting into, but for, if you are trying to, the idea that there is no way to force that content out is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I guess there are ways I could try to do it a little bit more just to, to actually see because there's ways that you can add people to your party and then when you wake up some mornings they're like oh I can't be in your party anymore and that you know that there's going to be an event trigger that day but doesn't matter I talk to my person every single day and there's no event trigger so I'm like oh my gosh meanwhile I just keep grinding and trying to cheese my way through the uh, post game which again I've already done so I'm not like super excited to do it so then I got the Tokyo Mirage sessions uh, loaded up and I've been having a ball with that. Nice. I, I never played that back in the day. That's not having yeah, no, it's, re- it's really good. It really is. I, Gosh. Getting combos of, what, 16 sessions in a row? That just makes my day. It takes a, it takes a bit for like you to really understand how the session system is actually going to function. And then once it starts, it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I kept seeing all those long sessions, people talking about it and whatever, and I'm like, what the heck, I'm 20 hours into the game, why do I not have that? And then there was just that one ability that I saw kind of randomly, oh, this person can now perform in sessions outside of being in the main party, and then all of a sudden, you know, over the course of the, the next entire time, everybody gets com- that. Yeah. yeah, the combat system just breaks open. Mm-hmm. So... That, that's been fun. See, meanwhile, like, uh, listeners, we are beating around the bush because we don't really have any questions. Yeah. Uh, I did notice that. Yeah. So, uh, just, just for why we're going to probably ramble about what we've been playing for quite a long time. Uh, meanwhile, let's see. I can talk about Atelier at some point. Well, I'm just going to keep talking about FF7. You're going to have to live with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I just beat the, um... What's that robot whose parts you steal? What? Whose parts you steal? Uh... The thing in the second reactor. Oh! Oh, Airbuster. Yes, I just beat that thing. That was a fun battle. That's a fun fight. I like the expansions on it. I like every segment where Barrett thinks there's a camera in front of him and is about to start preaching to the people. Yeah. Uh... In general, I think that uh, like the minor changes to how the remake characterizes characters, I think I don't think there's anyone that it's more beneficial to in terms of like their status in the game than it is to bear it. Because the original kind of plays him off as a joke, sort of. Yeah, and like he's still a very funny character. 
in remake, but he's not the butt of the joke most of the time. Which I I, I would say I consider an improvement. He's one of my favorite characters now. <laughs> uh, honestly, everyone is my favorite character now. Yeah, it's really hard to distinguish. <laughs> yeah. Like the the character writing in FF Seven Remake is super sharp. Uh. But I really think one of the things that I noticed as I, because I finished the game and then I started it back up again because I really enjoyed it and I wanted to show it to my brother who was also obsessed with the game back in the day. But I finished the game and I noticed how much that, like, Cloud and Barrett's banter from the beginning and end of the game are like night and day. And, like, the game. Uh, I'm going to spoil maybe my favorite line in the game, which is that near the end of the game, Barrett is reflecting on his and Cloud's, like, like what he thinks of Cloud, and one of the statements that he makes is that, when I first met you, I thought you were possibly the worst person that I had ever met. (laughs) (laughs) And it's super reflected in their early dialogue. He hates him. But by the end of the game, when you're doing combat banter, they they have like a rapport that's like not they're not buddy buddy, but they do like each other. They do respect each other in a way, and it's it's really communicated through the dialogue they have when you're fighting. That's great. Okay, I am back. Um, hey, so hopefully nap time will actually happen today. It's nice to dream. So what are we talking about? Oh, I was just rambling about it for seven remake. <laughs> Figured. Well, the last thing I actually managed to catch was talking about um, review backlogs. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's actually one of my um, New Year's resolutions this year: try and go get through with all the ones I actually had piling up. So that's why that's why I had um, that's why I had uh, Blazer Drive in January and Tales of Innocence this month. Oh yeah, I saw Just, that go up. Yeah, just getting them out of the way because sometimes these things have been on notebook paper for over a year. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. And then I had to, uh, for example, I had a placeholder paragraph for music on Tales of Innocence. I had to go re-listen to the entire soundtrack to get a better grip on it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's dedication so, for you. Yeah. And so I'm actually back up to the point where out of finished games, um, I only have two to review and that's Atelier Riza and Bloodstained. Actually played this year. So nice. I'm, I'm Bloodstained's so good. Yeah. Except if you're trying to get flying beef for the last few recipes. Oh, yeah, I did that. And, like, that is... Uh, it just takes forever. It's a, it is literally a 1% drop rate. And in my case, it took, mm. 180, it took 189 kills to finally get the first one. Yeah, second, I ended up like farming yeah. out everything that can help luck, and like that helped a bit, but not as much well, as you'd hope. Oh no, no, no! Um, man, I got the second one completely by accident while trying to get soy sauce later. Um, <laughs> but no, um, thing is, one is all you need because all you need to do is make one recipe with it, buy yeah. a bunch of that from the store, and then just disassemble Break it, down. it. Yeah, and as it turns out, it is much easier to farm alkahests than it is to farm the beef. Yeah, they actually nerfed how good Alkahests were, and I think they're still probably your best choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very looking forward to the DLC for that. Should be fun. 
So did you, did you make any much use of combat maneuvers in that game? Because I'm not very good at fighting games, and I think I only did like five of them out of accident. Uh, not a lot. I mean, they're they're cute when you have a weapon that has them, but they're never something that I went out of my way to use. Yeah, it seemed, just seemed like a fun extra thing to. Yeah, I mean, the game is full of just fun extras. I think my favorite, this one's pretty infamous, especially for anyone that played Symphony of the Night, because it's a callback to it, but the, one of the familiar, the very familiar, like, when you, uh, when you sit down at the piano in one of the early areas, the very familiar will start singing and sit on it. Huh. Oh, it actually does something. Yeah. I don't think I ever went there with the very familiar. Yeah. It's just a cute detail. Game's full of them. It's like, I'm trying... I mean, I played this on the Switch, so I have no idea what the trophies are like, but I'm wondering, is there a trophy for sitting down in every possible chair in the game? Almost assuredly. That was the sub-quest in Castlevania Curse of Darkness. <laughs> you got, like, a super... You The oh, chair... No. So, there was, like, a room in Curse of Darkness that just had every... was filled with every chair you had sat down on. And then, when you'd sat down on every one of them there was, like, a new chair in the room that was just, like, a super chair. <laughs> All of those are great because a lot of them are just completely ridiculous. One of my favorites is, like, this this sad-looking swing set that you can sit down on that just, like, when you do it, like, Hector just sort of sits down like a child who's been left behind at school or whatever. It's very... <laughs> Curse of Darkness was not a perfect game, but it was a very strange game, and I respected it for that. <laughs> I, know. I just think the fact that if you get a shard off of the mimic chair, it summons a chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all it does. It summons a chair. That's pretty great. Who knows what that chair might do for you one day? Absolutely nothing, as it turns out. But, yeah. Let's see. Photographer. Collector. Shard Master. <laughs> Kickstopper. Jump kick ten times without touching the ground. Sounds about right. Travel 42.195 kilometers. That's quite specific. It's, it's the length of a marathon. Oh. oh, kilometers, yeah. Dare to devour, consume 20 different recipes. I definitely got that one because I managed to get all the recipes finally. 50. Eradicate the game. Uh, Backstep for a solid minute to get the Moonwalker trophy. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I understand why Nintendo decided not to do anything with, um, with trophies, but it's still kind of funny. Yeah, you do lose some of the funny ones that are just like, oh, that's cute that they would have you do that. I mean, a lot of trophies are just pointless anyway, but those are pretty good. Uh, Bounce a specific chair repeatedly. Oh, I see what it is. Like, you have to... Once you get the invert shard, you have to just repeatedly bounce under OD's chair. (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. Oh, yep. Listen to the fairy's song. It gets you the recital trophy. Bunch of boss trophies. Yeah, that, that appears to be the uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of trophies end up getting taken up in like here do like beat X boss like Markov story progression, but there's some cute ones in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, uh, in conclusion, uh, FF Seven Remake is still really, really good. Still highly recommended. It's great. Uh, otherwise, I've rambled before that I'm most of the way through Persona Five Royal, which, interestingly enough. Uh, the most changes are actually to its balance, like it, how it parcels out, uh, how it parcels out EXP and the addition of things like fusion alarms, the rebalancing of the uh, instant encounter ending ability. Uh, it's like a lot has been changed about that. I think the new confidants are actually. Uh, some of the stronger ones in the game. Uh, in general, I think the re the second pass over the localization has done it some good. I think that uh, in general scenes read a little better, character voices a little stronger. Uh, yeah, I've been very very excited to see the uh, new section of content. Uh, at the end of the game, which is apparently another about 10-15 hours of content. Which, oh, jeez. Uh, was not something that the game was lacking for. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'll tell you what, I'll, what you've been saying about it for the past few weeks, I I really want to, not that I've done much with my Persona 5, I must have bought it two and a half years ago, I think Black Friday, what, mm -hmm. eight months after it released, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to this. Persona 4 was... I've got it in like my top five games, mm. probably the last twenty years. No nostalgia for the oldest, oldest stuff, but easily I had it in my top three or four of the decade and golden mm. at least. And I'm, I was all ready to jump into five, and then, man, I just have a hard time playing on my PS4 anymore. It's I know yeah, that feeling. Same I'm thing with me. I'm <laughs> yep. still convinced that there is probably a Switch version coming sometime within the next year. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, I heard you say because of the in-game achievements, that was one thing you thought might point towards a Switch version. You know. Because they don't map to the trophies at all. They're very strange. Good. And I, I'm, I'm patient. I got enough. I got, I got plenty enough time to wait. So I think I put in about 10 hours. I made it through um, the whole first dungeon in the game about a year yeah. ago. Yeah. I did that a year ago, and I'm like, okay, this is fun, but Oh my gosh, I had a hard time just sitting there in the bedroom with that there and the kids coming in and wife wanting to watch stuff at night and like, no, I need it on my Switch. I need this on my Switch. So yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I thought I for sure it. as soon as I bought uh, Royal that they were going to announce the Switch version. Oh yeah, I did. Uh, I've been trying this year not to buy games that I know I will probably buy some other time. So I, I'm going to wait for the Switch version. I have yeah. made that determination. Uh, and you well, know, if two years goes by and it doesn't happen, so be it. Well, by then Royal will like be nice and cheap anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I guess it, it says something to how much I enjoy the game that I am excited to pick it up again on Switch and play it again mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever oh, that geez. happens. See, like, I still haven't done Persona 3, so that that can be my next Persona game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not... Yeah. It's definitely not my favorite of the three by any stretch, but it's... But it was the game of the decade last decade. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would... Uh, uh, make sure you play the PSP version if you're going to play it. Yeah, That's what I'm gonna play. Yeah, yeah. the PSP okay, version is definitely the ultimate incarnation yeah. of portable, even if Atlas themselves considered it to be overcompromised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's okay. My work, my work bought me that game last year, so. Uh, that oops. raises many Thank questions. <laughs> oops, sorry for linking PayPal to this cool credit card. Didn't really mean to, That's but oh. incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, I think it was, well, it happened well, when they're I was not angry at me. No, I mean it was it was ten bucks, and I, I make plenty enough money for them in the after school clubs. And I, I'd bought Pokemon games before because I used to have a Pokemon Go after school club, and that brought in so much cash it was ridiculous. Um, when I got my, so what you're saying is really they owed you. They owed me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they charge ridiculous amounts for kids to do after school clubs, and I get like twenty percent of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, in the grand scheme of things, I've bought what else got bought for me accidentally because um, my wife didn't know which credit card on the Amazon account to use, and she used the school one to buy me. Oh, uh, I was doing bottling my own hard cider a few mm-hmm. years ago. And she bought me a, like, beer bottle kit and something else. And I get an email from the lady in charge of the credit card. She's like, hey, just collecting receipts for this month. Did you spend, like, nineteen ninety nine on something on Amazon on, like, August 23rd or something? And I was like, oh, why would I have done that? I haven't bought anything here at the beginning of the school year. Of course, I get on my Amazon account, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the, the beer bottle caps and the <laughs> thing to put the caps on. So I emailed her back, and I'm like, yeah, here's the receipt with this stuff. She's like, yeah, we'll just throw that under Science Club. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, they'll learn a lot about the fermentation process. Yes, I mean, there, there's some science going on there. Those were the bottles that almost exploded, because I read how to get a uh, higher alcohol content by using uh, champagne yeast. Mm. And then about uh, three or four weeks into them being bottled, I read... Yeah, whatever you do, don't let these go for very long in your closet or they'll explode. (laughs) (laughs) You're learning all about being a bootlegger in the most dangerous fashion possible. Yep, those went in the... Those went in the... No. If if you ever uh, take a tour of the Champagne Tunnels in France, they will tell you that, yeah, occasionally we have an explosion. Oh, I don't doubt it, man. Yeah. Those things went in the fridge, and we drank them like three nights later. I swear, there was a couple that I poured out, 
and just a regular old pint glass and you know 10 minutes later they're still bubbling <laughs> I, I was just still going on by now it was very good and I think last batch I ever did I did three batches and was like nope um, the whole sanitation thing was too much for me mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a fun experience to have once <laughs> yeah it was one of my friends bought me a whole kit for my birthday so I did it I made three batches I think I got 30 bottles out of it and that was it yeah, that's, that's enough that's yeah enough it was enough to be like you know what the time and effort I'm putting into it I can go down and spend nine ninety nine at the store and <laughs> mm. know that nothing will explode <laughs> really willing to pay a lot for the peace of mind of nothing exploding <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, like, for, for anyone who did not pick up uh, Persona 5 when it was new, I, I do feel that I can very stridently say, like, Royal is the version you want to play. Oh, yeah, hearing what you talk about, like, the difference in the guns and to be able to do a couple things at night or um, yeah. cross and everything, I was like, oh, yes, 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 that's what I want. Yeah, like it, like there's a lot of just psychologically, there's a lot more. It, it feels a lot less limiting, even if you can't do that. Like even if there's nothing for you to do at night, just not having Morgana sit there and say, "You should really get to get some sleep." He does that maybe three times in this version, <laughs> which uh, which which really uh, helps make the player feel like the time is their own, even when it isn't always. Uh, I think that uh, in particular. The Justice Confidant is much, much stronger in Royal. They, that was originally in Vanilla, that is an automatic Confidant. It just happens as part of the story. It doesn't feel very fleshed out uh, in original. In Royal, it's been rejiggered to be a Confidant that you have to spend time with, and there's a lot of rewards for doing that, especially because, like, because of that, it's also linked to the new content. You have to finish it, uh, Faith, and Counselor in the new one to get to the new content. But basically, like the that character is supposed to serve a very specific uh, thematic role in the story, and they don't really function properly in the original because they don't. Their screen time doesn't communicate it very well. But this, the new rewritten version of the Confidant communicates it much, much better. So their emotional arc actually works now. <laughs> nice. Uh, the, I'll keep that in mind for whenever they actually put on something I own. <laughs> darn well better. Uh, the uh, and yeah, the the counselor and Faith Arcana are both uh, fairly decent. Uh, the Faith one is constantly like nipping at the margins of the main plot but because like this is this is one thing where it's like you can tell the limitations of what they can change in the new in the updated version because like the the faith arcana is constantly like just outside the main plot to the point where they actually they inserted that character into the intro of the game mm. uh but they they've been uh they they can't really they're they're at the limits of the original game has a, a way more than three or four ever did because it's a higher budget production. It has a lot of animated scenes, but she's not in. <laughs> mm. So they kind of have to keep her out of 
situations where she would otherwise be in animated scenes. She can only be in new <laughs> content because of it, which is a bit of a shame. She's a good new character. Uh, and I assume that she'll have a lot to do in the new content, which I have theories on, which are about to be either born out or dashed. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the new... One of the other things I really like is that they added... Uh, so I mentioned before that one of the things they changed was that baton pass is not something a character gets as part of their confidant. It's just how the combat works now. Like, you can just swap between them. But that also means that they've also made it so that each character can improve their baton passing by playing darts with them, which, because it's a game where each round a different character is is throwing the darts, the idea is like, oh, well, that it improves your ability to swap between characters. And it's, it's cute. It gives each character, like, another little extra scene. But there's a lot of... Uh, you can take them to a jazz club for some reason, which... Uh, also not. allows them to unlock unique skills by uh, and increase their stats by drinking whatever non-alcoholic cocktails they're willing to serve high schoolers. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of fun places that you can spend time with characters, which I appreciate. Uh, the game has less additions to its core like interludes than the original, but one of the ones that I can't remember if I mentioned before, but that I do really appreciate is that most of those interludes have an additional conversation after them now where a character will break out their... Uh, will, will send you a picture they took for the occasion, which will, also, which will be like this really nice uh, piece of 2D art, presumably drawn by Shigenori Sojima. Mm -hmm. uh, and all those are, really, those are really fun. They give a lot of uh, additional personality to those events. Uh... Just in general, there's a lot of... It's not as drastic in terms of how it overhauls scenes the way that Golden does, but it adds a lot of little extra quirk to them. So... Yeah, uh, big fan. Uh, <laughs> I managed... I just barely managed to uh, snake out an all-confidant maxed run, which I was... It, it was kind of touch-and-go right there near the end. Uh, I put off one of them, the Hanged Man, for much, much too long, and it was down to how many more times is he going to show up before the game starts locking oh, off. Uh, thankfully, uh, one of the bits of mercy that the game has near the end is that it just gives... Uh, it, it. A lot of characters will... If they haven't already locked off, they'll show up more often. Uh mm. Which is which is really useful, especially for uh, the Empress Arcana, because that doesn't open up until really late, and so because of that, she is open almost every day. But uh, the uh, the other recommendation, of course, would be to for anyone that wants to maximize how much time they have, that you want to fill out the Temperance and Fortune Arcanas as soon as possible. Mm. Okay. Uh, temperance maxed out temperance allows you to go to a dungeon and still do things outside of LeBlanc in the evenings, which that's very, very good. Yeah, yes. super super useful for uh, for that. Uh, 
and Fortune gives you the option to get an... Uh, about halfway through, you unlock the ability to do an affinity reading, and what that does is it just... It basically guarantees that the next interaction you have with a competent will uh, will boost them regardless of how many points they have, which can save you a lot of time as well. Uh, the one other new aspect I haven't rambled about at length before is the fusion alarm, which is a really odd system. It's it's interesting uh, because I, as far as I can tell. It exists because a lot of players have this issue when they play the game where they don't think they don't know when to uh, they don't know when to start fusing again. So what this does is that every so often after a battle you'll get a fusion alarm and what happens with that is that any fusion you make during the alarm is way stronger. Like you can pass on more abilities the resultant persona will have much higher stats. Uh, and for the like real Grognard player, you can... Uh, for, the, for the Grognard player, it vastly increases the chance of accidents, but it tells you if an accident is going to happen. So, mm. it, it gives you a lot of capacity. It also uh, allows you to get better equipment, because if you itemize a Persona during that, you will get a stronger version, which means that Persona 5R has stronger final weapons and equipment than Persona 5 Vanilla did, because now you can get... You can itemize the best Personas in the game during a fusion alarm, which makes them even stronger. <laughs> I think... Uh, I got... Uh, I made a... Uh, armor for my protagonist that makes him highly resistant to all magic. Which, nice. That's convenient. Which, which was pretty ridiculous around the same time that I fused... Like, this was all getting into endgame stuff, but, like, I fused a persona that takes off a base 75% of the cost of every spell in the game. <laughs> but also... I fused uh, I fused the ability Spellmaster onto it, which uh, cuts the cost of the spells before you cast them to uh, in half, which means that the strongest spells in the game all cost him 6 SP. <laughs> but you can also get an uh, item, the one of my favorite accessories, and one that I recommend any new player purchase as soon as possible, an SP adhesive 3, which guarantees that every turn you gain 7 SP at the start of the turn. So mathematically it's impossible for him to run out of SP unless he is, ga unless he is getting more turns than he's supposed to. <laughs> It's very. It's a very fun game to break. There are more. There are more ways to break it. Uh, one of the fun. Yeah. One of the one of the abilities that in Persona Five Vanilla it's useless because of how they implemented it. They they may be overcorrected. It's maybe too strong now. Is that uh, the Chariot Arcana Ryuji? When you get him high enough, in the original, he would get, give you an ability that basically allowed you to randomly, if an enemy was weaker than you, you would skip a battle and you would get a persona that you could have gotten from that battle. This wasn't a great ability. It was actually kind of irritating because you didn't have a choice. It would just do this sometimes. 
the enemies that it was effective on had to be way lower level than you. You didn't get any money or EXP for doing it. And, like, you're... By the time that it was going to be effective, you probably already had whatever persona that enemy could give you. So it was it was really pointless in the original. And it actually made things take longer, because every time you got it, it would, like... It, you would have to have to confirm through it. It was a it was a slow animation. In Royal, they've completely overhauled that ability. Now it has a separate command where instead of ambushing an enemy, you dash through it. And if you're sufficiently stronger than it, you'll just instantly kill it, and you'll take its persona. There's no need to confirm through it. It just like the animation is super fast now, but it also gives you money and EXP now. And so it's that, like winning it's the like, battle. Yeah, I was like it's, say it's like running over enemies in Earthbound. Yeah, mm-hmm. the thing is, by the end game, you know, you can you reach a point where the game kind of plateaus how much experience it takes to gain a level. And but enemies can still give you just boatloads of experience. So once you get to like level, eh, level eighty five or so, getting to 99 is just a question of like do you have about 15 minutes because <laughs> the very last area of the vanilla game has enemies that you can dash through that ha- that drop like 12,000 experience per and the game kind of soft caps how much uh, how much a level can take somewhere between 50 and 70,000 so the end game is really just the question of do you want to be level 99 make your choice now uh, yes yes I do <laughs> they've, they've, uh, they've I've made already one made of, my choice <laughs> they've made one of the other abilities a lot more useful as well there was uh, the strength arcana is the one that gives you benefits in the velvet room in this one and in the original you get you get really nice abilities because you get the ability to fuse personas that are higher than your level if, but you have to pay for that privilege. And in the original, that that number goes up exponentially the higher the persona's level is, to the point where it just becomes impractical. And in Royal, what they've done is that once you hit max rank, that number, the, the cost of it goes way down to the point where you actually can start experimenting with fusing the high-level personas early enough that you can have a couple of dungeons to be messing around with the really high-level personas that are, like, level 95 or level 99 without having had to make sure that you've grinded out all those levels. It, it gives a lot of interesting options. You, you have a more varied late game uh, than you would have in the original vanilla version. Uh, and because of the way that these this system interacts with the fusion alarm system, you also have the option of just making a making whatever persona you want the best in the game. Because you can do use the strength and persona with a fusion alarm to make just absolutely ridiculous personas. <laughs> so there's just a lot more freedom in how Velvet Room activities work, and it, it heavily changes the balance of the game in a way that I think makes the game more interesting. So. Hi. That all sounds good. I, I, like I said, from what you've said the past couple weeks and playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions without a um, calendar system and without all it being Persona light here. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, no. 
I gotta, I gotta play the, I gotta play that version. Gotta play the hard stuff. <laughs> when I, when I, when I sit down and finally devote the hundred hours, it, I, I will wait for a Switch version and I will yeah. play Persona Five R. <laughs> I was looking at the the actual numbers on my save file and I think it's at like a hundred and ten hours last time I looked. Oh my god! <laughs> it Jeez. is a mind-bogglingly long game. And it's disgusting that I'm fully looking at the idea of barreling down it again. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Wheels is uh, Wheels is up to uh, the best prince in all of Dragon Quest. Finally, oh, boy. right? Yeah. This is this is Charmel's tower here. I believe this is it. Excuse me, Charmley. <laughs> Charmley. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was a, that was a great line too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love I love Dragon Quest Eight, which explains why I love Dragon Quest Eleven. They are very similar games. They very much are. It's amazing how good this game still looks. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I would love a uh, a Switch version that incorporated the additions made to the 3DS version, but had, like, a nice graphical update. That would be, like, my ideal way to play Dragon Quest Eight again. Not that they'd have to do much. My God. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not, but it's... the art direction is very strong. It, yeah, it's crazy, considering how old the PS2 is, how, like, certain RPGs just still look great, like this. Uh, what else am I thinking of? Final Fantasy X. Still looks 10, good. Romancing Saga. 12, yeah, Romancing Saga. Square Games. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this is one of the more confusing places to walk around so much. Having to play hide and seek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a non-linear castle with lots of oh, God. rooms. Oh, and Wheels is wielding a boomerang. Yes, this is... That's the fun weapon. Choices were made. Not all of them good. <laughs> we won't call them mistakes, but they were suboptimal yes. sometimes. Yes, let me <laughs> let me tell you a story about mistakes. So I've been uh, playing Atelier... I, I, I'm never going to pronounce Asha. this. Ernest P. Warhol with a story Asha. and a model. Anyway... I've been progressing through that and got to the point where you get to a good old unwinnable boss fight against mm-hmm. this guy named Keith. Yay, Keith! I was not 100% sure it was an unwinnable boss fight, so I gave it my <laughs> all. Oh, and, no. Uh, I have, there's a mage character who can summon a, like, a healing elemental that will like revive, heal and revive your characters as the battle goes along, even if you said mage is dead. So, I kept casting that and managed to make the battle last like I want to say twenty minutes, <laughs> <laughs> even though he could want to kill people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that game rules, and I've been making my way through that. It's got a good story, and it's generally pretty relaxing. And mm-hmm. does does it have any kind of time limit? I feel like I'm taking too long it, to do things. It, it does theoretically have a three-year time limit. It's possible to finish two or three months in advance of the time limit. Okay. Um, I mean, Keith Griff even tells you at the very beginning that Neo has... Neo, 
maybe three years before final dissolution. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting game, and it's it's uh, the last one I played all the way through was uh, Morona, which was I'd say a lot simpler and more straightforward. Whereas this one yes. has a lot more like world building and. Well, that's true for the entire Dusk trilogy. Yeah, it's it's great, and I can't wait to see uh, how the rest of the game goes. Mm. Yeah, I've got a lot of these. All the uh what is it the dx versions or the upgraded yes. versions for vita At like when i when i hacked my vita that was one of the first things i started you know i've been sitting waiting for sales for about two years and just you know buying this buying that getting a lot of little things and now i can all have it on one vita at one time nice you know if it if if ever anything goes away i've got a vita with like 150 gigabytes <laughs> worth of games that i've picked up for 50 to 70 percent off so the Vita Library of Congress. Exactly. Oh gosh, I could play on that Vita for probably three years straight and not touch anything else. Thinking about what I have to like get back to now that I have a PS4 again, and I'm just about through my very, very long RPGs. <laughs> uh, I still need to finish Judgment. That's sitting around. Uh... I've got dot hack gu all that set up. That's hundred hours. To... Uh... I still need to get back to that. The, the the awful part about that is I had finished part one on PS2, and then that collection now... came out, and it was like, well, I can't. I don't want to keep playing. I'm still frustrated that collection didn't come out on three on uh, Switch. Yeah. But it it just sucked because it's like I'm not gonna keep playing these games on PS2 when I can play them on a newer system and like have backup and my save and cloud save. Yeah, there's there's no point, and it just really killed my momentum, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I still I still think GU is a super quality, super underrated PS2 RPG series. So. Well, I finished part one of that and never could force myself to finish part one of the other Dot Hack series. So that's yeah, I, I finished that and I can't even really recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where it's like I like what it's doing but the uh, act of playing it is not fun. Whereas I feel like GU does what it's doing better and actually kind of plays well. So... But now, instead of people buying that, everyone just bought more Sword Art Online, it seems like. That hurts me. That hurts me real bad. Yeah. <sighs> oh, gosh. They, this Iron Scorpion is taking forever. <laughs> <laughs> just die! doesn't want to die. <laughs> you did a whole round where I think you did uh, seven damage total, and then the last round was none. He's yeah, just sitting you did, there, you like, did an entire round where nothing happened. Yep. <laughs> we could delete that time from existence and change nothing. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So, what, so, have we covered what everyone else is playing yet already? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, right now at the moment, I've got a uh, review copy of Alder's Blood, which is an interesting game. That, I'm download for Switch. That is a um, generic name. <laughs> Alder's Blood? Yeah. Well, imagine um, imagine the Dark Tower, the strategy RPG. Whoa, okay. That that, that gets my attention. <laughs> we all yeah. suddenly interested. 
Yep. Yeah, it is definitely a very stealth-heavy uh, tactical game because uh, because if any of the monsters sight you before you're ready to take them on, you're probably dead. Oh, I should um, say, is this Dark Tower like when it's really good, the strategy <laughs> RPG, or Dark Tower when it gets really weird and esoteric, the strategy RPG? <laughs> Jury is still out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give it time. Wait for the review. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I mean, this may end up as an impression instead of a review. I'm not sure how long, much longer I'm going to be surviving. Um, but, yeah, um, this is a game where uh, take um, where cover and lines of sight and being downwind are oh, major Jesus factors in, in surviving. Okay. And one of the things that every character can do is throw a pebble and try to distract a monster to look in the other direction. <laughs> so. Yeah. And the last thing that you want to see is four monsters near each other. Because it's like, oh, holy crap. No. Yeah. So I guess what I just found in the game. <laughs> With no cover nearby. Four monsters? Yeah. So thankfully you can uh, you can restart missions at any time. And Let's I'm see. doing that. <laughs> I was going to say, now, now we should guess what you're about to do. <laughs> oh no, what I already did. <laughs> Plus things like uh, stamina bars and uh, it's like you do not want to run out of stamina in a round because like you will lose the next round recovering. <sighs> yeah, lots of fun. Oh, so David, I got a question for you here. You can spoil a little bit for me of uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Hmm? Is this really the final dungeon? I finally went into the cosmic egg. Is it really the end? or You're I'm asking sure this... the wrong person. I admit it, I did not actually get the time to finish the original version, and I've oh. still got to go back to the new one. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see then. <laughs> I, I, I know I... Every time I think I'm close, it's like, ooh, there's like, like I've my instinct is going to say, to my instinct is it's an Atlas game, so no. <laughs> it's probably a good instinct. Uh, the the boss lady definitely three, did four, say, five. "Hey, you're heading to the final battle now." So that I might mean, have I even figured... been true in the original version. I don't know if the new <laughs> one has additions as the thing. So at least I figure it's fifty-fifty. I mean. <laughs> But then you'll I, have then to I, let us know. yeah. Then I did level up somebody, and they're like, "You'll have to progress farther in the story to open their next quest." And I'm like, "What? Mm. What do you mean huh. I gotta progress farther? That's like I'm supposed to be entering the final dungeon?" Yes, that is disconcerting. <laughs> it's possible there. The game might be trying to hoodwink you in some fashion. <laughs> uh, see, we have a comment on the Twitch chat. All right. Oh, it's Doomerang. He he says, I can't even imagine playing the PS2 DQ8 anymore with the 3DS one out now. Yes, if I wasn't playing this on a hacked PS2 where it basically eliminates load times, I would not be able to. Never touch it again. Yeah. <laughs> the 3DS version's additional content is really nice, though. It really is. Yeah. Also, also, Symbol Encounters spoiled me. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Hey, uh, Doomerang, you know what? I played through the entire. Uh, 
iOS version of this game. Oh my god. Start Just to all finish. in portrait mode. Oh boy. <laughs> I played that entire game. It was, I want to say it was right after the birth of my first son or something. And I had a newer, newer iPad. I had the iPad 2. That's how long ago that came out on iOS. And it ran fine. I think in 85 hours, I had four crashes total. Bad. Wow, that, that reminds me of how much of a curve we grade crashes on mobile. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you that, know, to me, that's like, oh yeah, that's that's pretty good for a mobile game. It's like, yeah, because occasionally iOS or Android's just like, nope. You know, it probably helped that I played also on one that you know I wasn't playing on a phone where I could get a phone call or yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle. I was playing on yeah, just a Wi-Fi standalone iPad. I think that's what ruined the iOS version for me was playing for it on playing it on a damn phone. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's already like kind of robbing you of the grandeur that the game has when yeah. you're playing it on a phone screen in portrait mode. Because like that's one of the things that I still think eight and eleven do so well is just like look at all this stuff. Like this world is massive, and I want to see all of it. And it's yeah, just like oh. Uh- I I remember when Ace Eight first came out. My first thought was like, this this is what I always wanted like RPGs to do. It was like this is after what I the 16-bit era. Would, this is what I thought RPGs would look like. Exa- when I was playing exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Nintendo. If you could see it, you could go there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like <laughs> very very few even Dragon Quest games did that, but mm-hmm. when they did, it meant the world to me. still love this game. <laughs> I, I sunk everything into it on on 3DS. I metal slime farmed until I got everyone to 99, including the new characters. Well, I plan to, you know, fully dig into it once I finished 7 on 3DS. <laughs> and we, we've discussed that before. <laughs> That's one of those things that, like, you do that, uh, you play that game off and on and have been for the last four years. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, that game came out right as I started my master's degree, and I thought, <laughs> I was—I mean, I it was like the, the same week. It was the same yeah. week. It was like my first online class, and the freaking shipments coming like that same week. And oh, uh, I—I learned very early on that going to school online from another country, uh, th- there really wasn't a lot of work. <laughs> I, I, I was very amazed by that. I was like, oh god, this master's degree is going to kill me. And really, it killed like one weekend every two months. And that was about it. And my online courses are always really mean. <laughs> uh, they said our company paid a college in a... Right? Paid, I guess. Got paid, whatever. Um to deal with. with a, yeah, they, they, they partnered up with a college in England because... We're part of a group of international schools, and they kind of raise their hand and they're like, "Oh, you want to start a whole international education master's degree online? We'll we'll, we'll volunteer some of our uh, teachers as tribute, you know, <laughs> and it, sacrificed I, upon the altar." Yeah, well, and honestly, we all kind of understood by the end of the first semester that everybody's going to get your degree, you know. Just turn in something. Don't we fuck want it up. Those numbers that bad. to look good. <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, hell, they were just figuring out the whole system as it was. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't want like the start of your system to look like. Oh well, this turned out poorly for all involved. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, I, mean, I, I 
I'm always a good student. I'm one that wants to get the A and everything. And I think I got my first paper and it was like a 62. And I was like, holy crap. Oh, my God. I can't believe I did so oh poorly. And it, we had a group chat on, a, gosh, some app that, what is it Probably called? WeChat. Even anymore. <laughs> WeChat. Because people were in the Middle East and they were in China and blocked from this and blocked from that. And someone's like, no, 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 Matt, you got to look up the British scoring. And like, I was like, holy crap, I got a B. I got a guess. It wasn't even a B minus. <laughs> yeah, for their master's level stuff, 50% was a C minus. And huh. if you could hit 70, you got an A. And then there was A plus at 80 and A plus plus at 90. <laughs> I, I never sniffed that, but, uh, That's you know, still I only hit. bizarre to imagine. It, oh, gosh, it was ridiculous. I, I, it was so hard to get over that, like, Oh my god, I got a 65. Yay, I'm the second highest in the class. <laughs> like, every time you see those numbers, it's like, it, am I doomed? Is education just not for me? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I, I thought I wrote everything. There were very few comments on my little online submission, and I'm like, how does that take me down to 65? <laughs> <laughs> like, I think one time I got a 69, and I was so excited. Nice. And there was like one comment and i'm like it it, it, it kind of pissed me off after a while because i'm like i got one negative comment and this took where is the difference between the, like does anybody get a hundred <laughs> what has changed here yeah i'm like i, I don't even understand the scale it, it, it's like uh you know we talk about all the time with like ign doesn't even use half the scale <laughs> like i felt our master's program didn't even use we didn't obviously use anything below 50 and we sure as hell nobody knew anybody in the class that got anything above a 70 so <laughs> it was that 50 to 69 like that was it that was the only scale we got graded on for two years <laughs> so no I, I trying to use a hundred point scale <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I ended up sinking my 100 hours into Dragon Quest Seven in two months very easily, <laughs> despite, nice. uh, despite many uh, concerns. It's, uh, I just, yeah, Seven is one of those ones that's like, I don't dislike it, but it, it has difficulty holding my attention for reasons we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Well, it's I fair. mean, even in the Dragon Quest fandom, it's very divisive. Yeah, yeah, I think the... I feel like Seven's probably the most divisive because it's probably the one it, among the ones that I would say is like relatively unpopular. It's probably the one that has the most people that'll stick up for it. Oh yeah, nobody sticks up for Dragon Quest Six. That yeah, no one sticks say, up for Six. No one sticks up for Two. Hey, I, I, the I like, this, I like the Dragon Quest Six manga. <laughs> I'll believe well, that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, especially but. where um, I think there was a demon lord that you run into in the final level before the final boss. And that guy took up exactly one page of space on the manga because the Terry and the hero just went straight through him. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. But, but back to Seven, I'm kind of wondering how much of the dislike of Seven is still rooted in the original version of the game. I feel like it didn't change much with the 3DS versions of Thing. Uh, um, oh, it's sped up. No, I mean in terms of in terms of fandom. Oh, the fandom. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the, it's a very different game on 3DS. I'm saying that in terms of fan perception, I don't think it changed much. No, 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 it did not. Well, I don't know how many of the haters actually played the new version, though. There's and also that. there's that. <laughs> but, I mean, how many, of the, how many people in the Dragon Quest fandom existed when it came out on PS1 in America? <laughs> enough to be really uh, loud and obnoxious. Yeah, but not enough to necessarily, like, completely... Like, they're not a large enough group to overwrite fandom yeah. consensus, I don't think. 
I remember I had kind of forgotten about the series and randomly saw it in a... I think it was EB... EB Games? It was... Game I don't it, wanted it, it was some search. store that became GameStop. I forget which Probably, one. Probably, it turns out it was a Babbage's. <laughs> it could have been Babbage's. Oh, Babbage's. <laughs> I know it was not a to remember that there existed a company called Software, etc. <laughs> so it sounds like a fake story you put in a TV show. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you know if there was like an EB Kids, EB Games Kids or something like that? I don't recall that existing, but it it's, might have. I remember one. Uh, God, that sounds familiar. Just yeah. saying EB Kids, that does sound familiar. Just remembering like really like garish toy stores from the nineties. Like I'm remembering how fuck how fugly KB Toys is. Oh god. What an explosion of red and yellow. Yeah. What ended up happening to that? Who bought that brand? Who killed it? Uh may have been Toys R Us. Might have been. Apparently sure. KB stood for Kaufman Brothers. Huh. That explains some questions I had with a child. Uh, international retail to retailer Toys R Us acquired the remains of KB Toys, consisting there mainly of its go. website trademark and intellectual property rights. Whoops. Uh, let's see. Uh, Toys R Us technically still exists in Japan. Japan, what? Canada, a few other Isn't places. Isn't Toys R Us coming back? They have one or two stores at the moment. Man, if oh, that good. plan existed, experimental it's probably stores. scuttled for at least a year. Uh, well then, yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Where will I go to find a baby Zara? Um, <sighs> yeah, town Mother City. Don't get me. Yeah, don't get me they started. My anger at those that chain closing. They come <laughs> visit me sometime. I'll show you where they are. God, <laughs> damn it! Moving to Japan. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't right now because they're yeah. they're not even allowing people <laughs> into immigration and customs right now. They will just uh, tell you to get back on the plane and turn around. So, probably healthy, but at the same time, yeah. We've got a very nice chair and a very nice uh, bookcase from uh, Babies R Us still in the uh, bedroom, nice. and I think they're going to stay in that bedroom for <laughs> and, until someday some other buddy comes and hauls them away because they are heavy and solid as hell. They did their job. They did. Uh, they've lasted very well, and uh, I think the uh, the one that had like the baby changing station on it now. It's I can see one day that's where the kid will have a TV in his room. Like, <laughs> nice. it's meant to grow with you. Because my God, you'll have to grow up before you and I can pick it up and move it out of that room. <laughs> Son, we can move this out when you're large enough to help. Yep. That, you know, that, that sounds like the modern day version of some ancient Greek hero's journey. <laughs> I mean, just imagine Theseus involved in this. As soon as say, once you can lift this desk from its place, then you shall be a man, my son. <laughs> I'm just imagining a Sisyphean thing where you just keep trying to rotate it to get it out the doorway. What's oh, funny gosh. is it's it's just a simple like rocking chair that we bought. Um, to have in the kids' room, and gosh, we've had it for seven and a half years now. Um, it's like a recliner, but it doesn't recline. But it just just a nice cloth chair, and I have to take hinges off the door to put it in a room. 
they <laughs> it's just that perfect size by like an inch that you can't put it in anything. It theoretically fit it through anything that just also didn't have a door. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I mean, it, and I'm like, who the heck did not design this? You know, didn't go through a normal door. I mean, obviously they built it to the specs to get through a doorway. Did they not have doorways with doors on it? <laughs> I can only assume that this was, like, designed with the dimensions of a doorway. Correct. Yeah. Somebody built a frame at a factory in China and was like, hey, look, it fits. And... <laughs> and I, would, I would just, I would skip that process entirely and just, like, be doing the math on it without bothering <laughs> I'm sure it was all designed on a computer. You're right. It passed through. I the mean, the computer it, it... says it will fit through and leave. <laughs> Hey. Listen, my bedroom is two cubic meters, and we only take up hey. 1.4 cubic meters. You leave you computers out of this. Thirds of a person there. Computers are tools, and if people write terrible software to calculate things, then it's their own damn fault. And I love garbage writing terrible garbage software. Out. Yes. <laughs> That's my bread and yes. butter you're messing with. <laughs> my wife, many times, has mentioned she's like, "Oh, I got to put that chair on the local." Uh, facebook marketplace or something like that and i'm like yeah well i need to take the door off and get that chair in the garage before you try to sell it because i i don't want to have to go off, that you knock off ten dollars somebody if they comes to pick it off yeah. <laughs> you knock off ten dollars if they can successfully get it out of your house without breaking something <laughs> tell you what we had a bunk bed um and we bought a bunk bed we bought it used for like a hundred dollars and it was perfectly serviceable and i work at a private school um, with really ultra-rich people. And one day, one of the parents emails me, and she's like, oh, Mr. Mason, I hear you're, you're having a second son, or probably a little bit after I had my second son. And she's like, we have this bunk bed. Do you, wanna, do you want a bunk bed? And I was like, why do I want a bunk bed? I already have one. And I was like, oh, what does it look like or whatever? She sent me the picture. I was like, yes, I'll be there tomorrow. I will, <laughs> I, I will come get this bunk bed. It, it was ten times better, and... It, luckily, we had a minivan by the time. I had to take everything out of the minivan. It filled the entire minivan. Oh, all just together. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a two or three trip job, but like all the boards all taken apart. And luckily, they still had the directions for it. And they had three kids that helped me take it all apart. But we got it home. And the first thing we did was put our bunk bed up for sale. Like, hey, $100 or 50 bucks if you come take it apart. And... <laughs> That evening, we had two guys here, wrenches, and they had it taken apart in like 30 minutes and out the door. I was like, oh thank God. God. <laughs> That's that always was... a great ploy if you really just want the space back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we had this other one sitting in the garage that I knew was going to be like a six-hour job to piece it all back together in there. And I'm like, no, I don't want to take one apart and build one. <laughs> that just sounds miserable. So, uh, wait, are you grinding or? Yes, that is correct. Okay. I'm horribly under leveled to beat Duel Magus. Oh yeah. Oh heavens! You're a. Oh man! You're only level twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, you're boned. Have you seen the amount of damage he's doing? Yeah, no. I've been <laughs> looking at this, and it's just like, are you just it's in the wrong place? Or? <laughs> no, just uh, remembering back on this playthrough, I was getting very annoyed with all the loading times for battle, so I was avoiding as much battle as possible. Mm. Is my recollection. And <laughs> um, how was that turning out for you? Oh, poorly, it turned, as it turns out. Quite poorly, that's why this playthrough is quite <laughs> unfinished. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to play that 3DS version again. <laughs> Who is... Uh, oh, 
I had Phil on my Slime Time podcast a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. I and we were talking to Dragon... that one. <laughs> yeah, we were talking Dragon Quest Four, and I think I asked Phil, like, how... I mentioned I'd been listening to Backtrack for years, and I've heard him talking about trying to get through all the Dragon Quest games, and I'm like, so how far did you get on 8? And I swear to God, he said something like, he's like, oh, you know, I think I'm almost there. I've almost oh, caught no. up. <laughs> I think I, he goes. I've been following this guy around, and I think I'm almost there. So I'm reaching Endgame. Yes, no all, idea. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, you might be there." Oh. Phil, have you ever played a Dragon Quest game? <laughs> you're you're maybe at the halfway point. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Depends on a uh, what level of grinding you're gonna go. Oh well. I feel like even if you're being like just shot to point to point to point, Domegas is maybe, maybe halfway. Maybe. Yeah. About. So anyway, I just fell afoul of being downwind of the wrong monster. The wind oh, shifted on no. me. Yeah. You have. And it's one of the ones I really don't want to get the, um, the attention of. You have forgotten so. the face of your father, or whatever the hell they say in Dark Tower. It's been a long time since I read those books. And after the last one, I have no interest in going back. <laughs> oh. Have you considered, Wheels, that if you don't get party wiped here, it won't be by any merit of you? This is, this is not looking good. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. so, it's kind of reminding me again of where we were talking Dragon Quest Six. I remember going up against the first Demon Lord at level, I think, 18, dying. Oh, level yeah. 19. Dying. Level 20, dying. Level 21, the cleric girl had learned the defend all spell and he died. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to really boost everyone's defense by massive amounts to survive that battle, but I did. So. Yeah. It just forcibly reminds me of how much, like. Uh, yes, attack Angus. Attack Angus! <laughs> wow. Uh, you went a row, did you know? You got yeah, your wish. You got lucky there. <laughs> but, oh, uh, they really like... are going after him. <laughs> Just as I, I planned. Because you don't get to plan, <laughs> plan anything that's happening here. Oh God! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! One thing that I was thinking about while I was playing Persona 5 again is that each of the Persona games uh, has been trying to work out how to balance the navigator character so that they don't feel useless, but are still, like, uh, but, uh, but aren't, like, completely busted. And I'm not sure that they've ever completely nailed it. I think that the Navigator in Persona 5 is probably the closest to Rip Yangus. Uh, probably the closest to being balanced, but she still has to have, like, some truly ridiculous skills. I think my favorite one, that every time it procs, my brain just, ba like, ga gapes at the fact that it exists, because her last skill is the ability to uh, just negate an the enemy's attack entirely. Oh, that's good. That's nice. Wow. I'm not. I'm not. I'm unconvinced that it's allowed to happen more than once per battle. I'd be shocked if it's allowed to happen more than once per battle. But it's ridiculous, like that it even exists. Yeah, that's 
That's pretty absurd. <laughs> but I mean, like that they they are fighting hard to make sure that you don't just and wow rip. Uh, they are fighting hard to make sure that you don't just write off the navigator character as not worth bothering with. <laughs> You got time to sing and hope that that doesn't miss horribly. <laughs> Don't you love that Zeng can miss? No, I do not. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> that, that is the worst mechanic ever. <laughs> it's the meanest mechanic ever. It really is. Between uh... the, uh, you know, you only got probably one or two Yggdrasil leaves in any game at any time. Yeah, there's and, often, like, a hard limit on how many you're allowed to carry. Mm-hmm. And then Zing, you know, not w being your only thing for two-thirds of any Dragon Quest game. <laughs> Death sucks. <laughs> yep. It's, it's almost as bad Eventually as the Wizards Cousin, and suddenly it's just... Cousin just makes it all... Uh... Makes it all you well. Just never have to think about using Zing ever again because it's never worth the gamble. <laughs> no, it never is. But it might use less MP, or it'll just not work. <laughs> any situation where you would want to use Zing, that's not an outcome worth even contemplating. Even at a battle, I feel like it's it's always going to use more MP, always, because it's not going to work the first two or three times. Yeah, like unless you were like at a like, there's, you can't just save anywhere. You can't just save scum getting saved. Okay. Oh my gosh, I just unlocked something new. Sessions. Special conditions. Some this radiant game's skills about to end, by the way. Ah, and I'm still getting... I'm still opening up new things. Oh you're, not, you're not at the last Crap. dungeon. <laughs> I don't know. Called it now. They said it was the final battle. It's the final uh, countdown. I'm just appreciating that this game is keeping wheels awake. <laughs> so you many pay attention. It could be it could be a party wipe at any time. Uh, <laughs> any moment, half yeah. your gold gone. Yeah, I'm pretty wired on caffeine and Minecraft today. Minecraft keeps people awake. What? Uh, yes. Uh, puts me to sleep. I don't know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty hooked now. <laughs> Well, that's concerning. Well, blame my children. Blame yourself or God. Yes. You know, you say that, and I totally fell asleep during uh, Let's Go Pikachu today. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that children just have, like, an energy-draining effect. Uh, it It's pretty yeah. funny because being home, we'll play something game co-op almost between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock every afternoon, usually by 2 I'm done doing my online stuff, and so we have gone from Fire Emblem Warriors to Luigi's Mansion 3, That's and now we're doing... Yeah, that was excellent. I I really haven't played a Mario or a Luigi game in 10-plus years. Oh, Any man. of the three... Yeah, I really haven't done a lot of the 3D games, and doing that entire co-op, that was, that was fun. That's Obviously, awesome. I don't know how well its co-op functions, but that is still an amazing game. Uh... The second player controls the hat, which is good for young children. Yeah, it seems like it would be for for quite young children. Yeah, it would be a good secondary. <laughs> okay, so I just dropped out of the conversation for about three minutes. What are we talking about? Uh, co-op with children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which game? All small children. Uh, All the games. Yes. 
But right. no, let's go Pikachu today. We were what did we do? Um we beat team we beat Giovanni. Nice. In uh, whatever town that was. We got our fifth badge and we started going down to uh, we're we're going through the across the bridges down um wherever and all I know is my four year old's poking me. He's like, Daddy don't fall asleep. Daddy don't fall asleep <laughs> And I was like, dude, nope. It's not going to happen. And I just handed off the remote. And the next thing I know, I wake up an hour later and they'd beaten the next gym. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my six-year-old was like, oh, man. He goes, I, I couldn't. He goes, I, I woke up as he was battling the gym leader. And he's like, Daddy, this entire gym, there's walls that you can't see. It's like a maze. <laughs> but I made oh, my way through it. Fitting. Yep. And I was like, you know what? That makes me really proud that you're doing this. <laughs> they grew up so fast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is his first uh, real, like, turn-based RPG. Oh, wow. So, I, I will say that the Let's Go Pikachu game does very... That's a great introduction to do co-op and get somebody into a turn-based game. Yeah, yeah it's very designed for... Like, I, I guess the thought process was, well, Red and Blue got kids into Pokemon back in the day. Might as well use that as a base to get a new generation of kids into Pokemon. Yeah, I wish I had that feature in Sword and Shield. That would be nice. That would that would be really great. Yeah, because my kids are bugging me now. They, they keep saying, oh, where are all the Alolan forms? Which there are if you trade. But... They've been watching their way, I think they're on their second time, all the way through like 90-some episodes of the Pokemon Sun and Moon anime. And I mean, if you're going to watch the Pokemon anime, that's the part to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so they keep asking, what is this Pokemon going to be in the game? Is this Pokemon going to be in the game? And this Pokemon, like, I haven't got it through their head yet, um, that there's generations. And actually, oh, we just got a sticker book in the mail the other day that finally kind of solidified it. It's a really annoying sticker book in to me. The entire place where you put the stickers of the 1,000 Pokemon are all alphabetical by region or by uh, generation. <laughs> but all the stickers in the back are just alphabetical A to Z. <laughs> oh, oh, no. My so, brain, like... My brain's, like, super unhappy with that just by virtue of the fact that, like, the... No, they're supposed to go in the order that they're numbered in the Pokedex. I don't want this alphabet. Don't ruin this with the alphabet. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, that bugged me, one. And then the second, it didn't really occur to me. I was just, like, doing it with my four-year-old when it got here for his birthday a couple weeks ago. And I was starting with the stickers. So I'm back there with Abra and Alakazam. And, mm -hmm. and they're matching up great. And then, like, what is it? Ab Absol, the... Absol, the third generation... Yeah. Yeah, so, of course, that's, like, right there next to Abra. So we take the sticker out. I go back to the beginning of the book, and I'm like, wait a minute. Where is he? And I, like, go to Chapter 2, and I'm like, he's not there either. What is going on here? It, it, it took me a good 20 minutes to realize what the pattern was, and then I was like, oh, dear God. Why would you do it like this? <laughs> yes. Like, why would you number them or do them two different ways? Like, at the front half and the back half. So... But that like finally led to the discussion of here's generation one. Everybody on these first ten pages we'll see in this game. Yep. The other ones we won't. So. Uh, but here's a sticker of Mewtwo. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my gosh, we play the card game twice a day. 
we have. Oh, now you have to battle wheels and hit son. <laughs> yeah, my son fell off it, but I will happily battle anyone online. Uh, now I'm and trying to tell how many of these these uh, save icons I can recognize just off the top of my head. Nice. <laughs> I've probably said it on the show before, but my brother collects the cards and does not play the card games, so I get a bunch of code cards. So, one thing I want to bring up uh, since this screen... Uh, listeners won't be able to see this, but Wheels is looking at a PS2 memory card. Uh, There's a corrupted data one. That sounds yeah. fun. I think uh, play that game. No, I think that's kind of <laughs> some kind of hack stuff. Hacky stuff. Yeah, but uh, this reminds me of, like, there's, like, a PlayStation retrospective uh, oral history released, like, last year, and most of the people talking on it were quite muzzled about what they were allowed to talk about, but apparently it's... But based on what they did talk about, the one thing that they were told that they were perfectly allowed to talk about being dissatisfied with was interfacing with the PS2's like memory card interface they despot every single one of them to a man despised it wow <laughs> uh, they hated having to make these little icons they had to be in a very specific format that nothing else has ever been in ever <laughs> it was just very like odd uh, but yeah like go, go look that up if you want to see like what it looks like when a developer is allowed to speak freely about an aspect of the console's design that they don't like. <laughs> because they did not well, have any well, kind this, of to say about This it. icon for Persona 4 is like a 3D model of a TV. Yeah. Someone had to spend yeah. time actually... Oh my yeah, God, making why? that. Some of those, they probably had to have its... The internal model might be actually slightly different depending upon whether you're looking at the English version or Japanese version. A lot of these, uh, especially well, early games... I like how games, Jack Frost is moving there. Yeah, it looks Black like... Frost, look, yeah. Oh, yeah. It looks like yeah. Atlas had a lot of fun. <laughs> the, yeah, the thing is, go look at some of the early games, One of my, and if you threaten to delete these icons, some of them have animations that play... Only when you uh, say you're going to delete them, like there's a <laughs> there's one of the the first Harvest Moon game on PS2, Save the Homeland. When you threaten to delete the, the save icon is your dog, and when you threaten to delete it, it just sort of like looks just awful and pitiful. Like it's just very sad that you're putting it down. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, but it also has a special animation for if you're copying it, where if you're going to copy it, it like, it like, howl, it looks like it's howling in triumph because you want a second one of it. <laughs> <laughs> so like, some people put a lot of effort into that. There's this really forgotten, not very good uh, early PS2 RPG, Okage Shadow King. Oh, God. Do you have I remember that one, yeah. We all played Dirge of Cerberus back in the day. No, I didn't. I looked at that, and I was like, I don't want to like FF7 less, so I didn't oh, play it. Okay, well. <laughs> so I, I think I got that one for 500 yen, and then actually talked about it with Wonder Slime on Q&A a long time ago. <laughs> Man, and had to preface this with, I don't actually play this kind of game very often, so I'm like, it's okay, I guess. I don't know. Um, the bigs from developers of Dead Rising's 2, 3, and 4. Time um, Slithers. Uh, I... Okay. 
but uh, the icon for Monster Hunter Two is a pig in a diaper with wearing a crown. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I refuse to interrogate that further. Yeah. yeah. But and D Dragon Quest Eight wins. Wow. <laughs> it's just a slime. Why not? Yep. He's bouncing. He's animated. Yeah, all of these are animated. Like, I don't think there's a static one on the lot, but... Mm. Like, I remember... What was I rambling about? <laughs> I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, it was it was the Okage Shadow King uh, had one. So, like, the, the gimmick of that game was that, like, there was a demon lord possessing your shadow. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so the save icon was that demon lord in your shadow, and like uh, he he looks defeated if you're deleting him, and he's like laughing in triumph if you're copying him. It's just like who was put? Imagine that being your job for the day. You're not even working <laughs> on like setting up how the data work, like how the game serializing data and reading it. No, you're actually working on like what it displays in the system UI when it's being accessed. <laughs> And you have to, like, you get an artist to work with you on that to make sure. You get an artist who has to, like, sit there and, like, you have to spitball ideas of what the save icon is going to look like and what it's going <laughs> to do. Like, you have to decide whether you're going to take the time to decide if it's going to do something when you look like you're going to delete it. Somebody had to go to that meeting. Someone had to, like, get These that are all approved. Very, all very important questions. Yes. Uh. And your PS2 to a DOS prompt. Uh, yes, I've been I'm trying to open up Dragon Quest V. Yeah, I was thinking, it looks like you're trying to get Dragon Quest V running, and you've tried like three different loaders to get it to work. Yeah. <laughs> it, ah, uh, the fun of hackery. Yeah. Fan translations, how good is your dump? I tried it. I'm look. I'm loving looking at this because it's like a bunch of RPGs and then The Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> One of these things is not like the others. One, One of these, these things, things was a Christmas present from the wife, and I refuse to it's not, it's not, not even try a bad and play game. It's just not an RPG. No, it's true. It's, it's a very strange artifact. <laughs> a decent like adventure platformer. It has side quests for some reason. <laughs> But it, it's just one of those weird things from the time where, hey, we can we can sell a license for the movies and the books. Yeah, and like there wasn't even a movie to tie in with it, but it was just like no. oh, it's got it's JRPG Torkelson. He's there. <laughs> I am forever brain infected by Neil Sasiriga's, uh guide to Lord of the Rings, but. Uh, I think I've sent wheels, because if I haven't, I've been remiss. Does anyone remember the Lord of the Rings game for Super Nintendo? Uh, Lord um, of the Rings I, Volume 1? I, I played the computer oh. version from Activision. Nice. Let's, Sounds familiar. let's go get the Gafford's glasses, wheels. Oh, God, why? <laughs> I don't think I ever actually got to the end. I kept getting sidetracked and things like um, recruiting a, a girl who turned out to be a witch, and you only found out if you actually located her room in the mountain dungeon and something like that and she decided to kill you all oh, God. Super Nintendo version is trash garbage yes it is uh, and yeah one of the first quests is to help Sam find the Gaffer's glasses <laughs> <laughs> yep. you're probably just going to die doing that I remember I 
the combat was so janky that I could sit there and if you timed your attacks right, you could kill a ring race. Oh wow! It was t it was not good. The ultimate. I, I'm, I'm watching it right now. This is this is wow. This yeah, is that's interesting. Not good. Uh, you should go look up the Hobbit text adventure game. That mm. game is incredible. The Hobbit text adventure. Yeah. As in, you don't believe it actually exists? Uh, I, I mean, I've played it. Uh -huh. It is there we go. fascinating. Uh, every I... character is supposed to have their own sort of AI routine, but it's a 1982 uh -huh. text adventure game. So it means that every so often, stuff just happens. And many characters exist within it as just bizarre forces of chaos. Like, Gandalf will just wander around, and nothing can really stop him from doing anything, because he's Gandalf. So he'll just sort of, like, wander into rooms. Sometimes he'll take things directly out of your hands, examine them, and then throw them down on the ground and leave. Like, there's, a, there's like, a ranger who will just go around and, like, try to capture things and put them in, like, a prison that he, like, controls. But, like, he he'll do it with really arbitrary things like he'll capture you and then he'll capture a balrog and then you and the balrog are both sharing a prison cell owned by this weird elf ranger <laughs> well this game Ooh. must be awesome hey? because uh, i'm telling you let's see 92 percent of google users like this which <laughs> completely matches completely matches the 4.6 out of 5 from my abandonware but kind of <laughs> undersells the 4.7 out of 5 from replayers. <laughs> I have no idea what any of those are, but... Uh, Thorin sits down and starts singing about gold. Uh, apparently, uh, someone published a book in 1984, A Guide to Playing the Hobbit, to help players complete this game. Uh, I to make more the... money for somebody. Imagine the strategy guide in 1984. For a text adventure. I love Wikipedia's description of this <laughs> video game. Uh, the volatility of the characters, coupled with the rich <laughs> physics and impossible-to-predict fighting system, enabled the game to be played in many different ways, though this would also lead to problems, such as important characters being killed early on. Mm -hmm. It's, uh... Sort of imagine... If With hindsight, the game might have been regarded as one of the first examples of emergent gameplay. What? It's sort of, it's sort of like that, if someone that, tried to make sort of The Elder sense. Scrolls a text adventure game in 1982. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, oh, With all of the bugginess that implies. <laughs> it's, uh... Fascinating? We'll go with fascinating. Fascinating question mark. The way you said it first would be perfect. Yeah. Fascinating? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, worth messing around with. It's the way I would describe it. I wouldn't recommend ever attempting to finish it. Wow, that but, is that is some game. I respect it. Uh, yeah. Well, since we don't really have any questions, we probably need to eventually just decide to stop. Going <laughs> <laughs> into my don't stop me now. Say what? Impetus. Say what? 
Once, once we've devolved into 1982 text adventures. Listen, I could talk about this uh, <laughs> like early 80s video game hey, for a very long time if we want to. It is a nice change of pace from the series that we keep revisiting every three weeks anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which series is that? No, we're not doing oh. this. Don't, hey, face, don't get paid. Hey, come on. I only have one stamp on my bingo card this week. <laughs> so. so the answers are Saga and Metal Max. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just I'm kind of hoping that the reborn version actually comes out on time in July. Yeah, that's uh, that is suddenly in deep question. Will it be reborn? Will it's it due date. Will it be worth rebirthing? <laughs> <laughs> Was it uh, shoving that one out again? I hope so. At least it has Pochi. We'll always have Pochi. See, now I'm trying to research this Buck Rogers game I had on my old TRS-80. Oh, man. The Planet of Zoom. I don't... It, it was on a... like one, It was on an audio cassette. You put it in and... Yeah. Play and... Yep. Those were deeply reliable forms of data storage. Oh, very much so. Just don't hit the record button. And also make sure the volume is set to the correct... <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea, just like, ah, oh, gotta reload the tape, gotta rewind it and reload it because the volume was wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was actually on the Commodore 64, maybe it was... There is definitely, like, a... I do know that there is, like, a oh, this Buck might Rogers be game for the, that era of computer. You keeping up with the Commodore? I mean, it's kind of hard not to... It's like a tortoise in the hair kind of thing. I guess. <laughs> really slowly going somewhere. You keeping... Apparently I'm seeing something called Buck Rogers Countdown to Doomsday. Yeah, and well, I'm on Planet of Zoom. Planet of Zoom was not the one, because I actually remember like walking around. This looks like a early shoot, you know, shooter. Yeah. Here. There's Planet of Zoom and there's Countdown to Doomsday, both of which released on the Commodore 64 oh, at some stage. Mm-hmm. And this label's Countdown to Doomsday is an RPG of all things. That's not what I would associate with the Buck Rogers license. <laughs> oh, released in 1990? No, this is way this is, this is way too new. <laughs> I'm thinking 80s stuff. Yeah, because like that, like that, I baffled that there was a Buck Rogers. There were still Buck Rogers games coming out in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all play Buck Rogers Matrix Cubed. Hmm. Okay, there is Buck Rogers 25th Center spaced off of like a tabletop game setting, setting TSR what the f <laughs> who was how good old TSR Buck Rogers <laughs> Buck Rogers media <laughs> maybe it was 1982 you know here just uh, it's hard to. Yeah, you know, I was four back then. I, I mean, I'm sure I wasn't four playing this, but yeah, this is more like you know when I was like eight years old and everybody else had a NES and I did not. I was still playing bowling and uh, Ghostbusters on my Commodore 64. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, those, those early 80s computer games are so poorly documented, like, aggressively poorly documented. <laughs> oh, that's some nice classic Ultima. Oh, boy. You want to play some Macalabath? No. <laughs> like, that's that's in the realm of things that actually are, like, available. Like, GOG will still sell you a Calabath. I don't even know if that's actually... I don't even know if sell is the right word. I think they'll give you a Calabath. <laughs> uh, I just remember an old NetHack uh, variant called Minds of Moriah that I used to oh, play. Yeah, I remember uh, that one. God! Ugh. Yep. Well, sounds like he has I, bad memories. I, I never got too far on it, but it was fun trying to I know. See how I would die for a while. I mean, I was like eight or nine years old at the time. I kind of got bored after a while. So that makes sense. So, but what trauma did I just trigger in Wheels? <sighs> nothing. Nothing too. I just remember the days of AOL when I was looking for like freeware or shareware games to download. And uh-huh. RPGs I can run on my Mac, and every time I thought I found something, <laughs> it was another like Minds of Moria type thing, a a an ASCII roguelike. Yes, an ASCII based roguelike, which is not what I was looking for. <laughs> I actually kind of like the ASCII interface; it was fun to work with. At least for that one, I've seen some others that were just plain awful. Uh, but mm. mileage may vary, uh. obviously. Moria has actually got an important lineage because a port of it, uh, a port of it to Unix inspired Ongband, uh, which helped in turn inspire Diablo. Mm. So, so everything's kind of connected. Yeah, that's that's the fun of looking up like these super old games. Like you get into things that like. No one's documented, but if you look into like people who made games people care about, it's like, yeah, they played that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I fully recommend going on long, fruitless Google searches for video games <laughs> someone talked about 30 years ago. Oh, I, I did not know this part, but it's actually from Minds of Moria was from my home state. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, original version started at the University of Oklahoma by uh, a guy named Rob Alan Kaniki after he became hooked on Rogue but could not run it on the Vax 11 780 mini computer. <laughs> I love that so mini he, computer, not micro computer, because that means it was a big <laughs> dumb turn on, terminal. <laughs> Go, uh, going into a mini, com- like connecting to a mini computer, where a mini computer means only takes up a room. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he wanted to play Rogue and he couldn't, so he just programmed his own version in Pascal yep. and Basic. Oh God, Pascal! Originally basic, originally basic, and then P- Pascal. Oh. An- sorry, ancient computer languages hurt my brain. Let's talk about C. No, <laughs> stop. Listen until you can just, until you can tell me where you use Malik and where you could use Calic. I will not stop. Stop. <laughs> What's the language that they're all trying to recruit people now that speak with all the unemployment websites? Have you seen that? Is it COBOL? Oh, COBOL it's is probably the one COBOL. That they're trying to recruit people for the New Jersey government because that's where all what all of its stuff is written in. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. And I don't even think it's just limited to New Jersey. I think there yeah, are plenty I'm sure of other several states, states governments are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, COBOL probably still has, like, a has, there are probably updated versions of COBOL that it probably can't, isn't compatible with either. <laughs> yeah, like, so, yeah, I think you... Yeah, yeah. It was it's... New Jersey trying to recruit people for, yeah, throwing money at all these 70-year-old guys that used to do it back in the day. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, suddenly we need to make large changes to our state, like how our state does things, but also we can't uh-huh. actually re-architecture them from the ground up, so we have to do this. That's one of those things, like, you get really good at one of those kinds of programming languages, and if you find a job, you probably will never not have a job. Yeah. <laughs> just have to just get there like, first. Everyone is terrified of the idea of what happens if not. No one knows how to operate this. Well, as I have found out working in the industry, if you have a legacy system that works and would take ridiculous amounts of effort to replace, the uh, what generally happens is they don't replace it and just they will kick it. that can down the road for decades. Yes, I, I've already remembered at least four different Dilbert strips based on this kind of joke. Yeah. Not even a Inclu- joke. It's, just, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah. it was just a joke. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I remember one that was like a, um, like a staff meeting, and the pointy-haired boss was pointing out this one elderly programmer who was the only one who could remember how to, the function, um, the keys to this one particular vital program in the um, company's computer system. And the guy just leans over, whispers the secret to Wally, and then dies in his chair. <laughs> and at, at, after that, Wally's got this huge smile on his face. And the pointy-haired boss is like, "Oh dear, that were, that's not supposed to happen." <laughs> well, now we can't fire him either. <laughs> yep. Or the guy who never seemed to do anything around the office, but as it turns out, he wrote the original pay um, payment um, codes for the monthly pay stubs, and it was like one million lines of spaghetti code, oh. undocumented. Ugh, oh man, it reminds me that like some, some languages that shouldn't have them have go tos. You don't want go tos ever. Ever tell you about the time recently? A well, if you want to see something that's strangely bizarre and soothing. Oh no! First yes. one, then the other. Okay. You go what first. What? Okay, well, if you want to see something that's both horrifying and strangely soothing, um, go to 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall. Um, it's oh, a no. repository of how to program a computer to repeat the 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall song all the way to the end yeah. in whatever programming language. And Simply. check out check out Malabolge. Oh, Malabolge is a nightmare. Somebody managed to do it. Yeah, yeah. And if you just look at the code, it makes, I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense, but it forms this really beautiful pattern as you scroll down and down and down and down and down and down and down the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, sometimes, though, it's just like, a lot, of, I remember being baffled the first time that I read that C, and by consequence, C++, both have go-to statements. You should never use those. No. <laughs> like... Like, if you can't find a logical way to get from one set of instructions to another, you need to re-architecture what you're doing until you have one. But, yeah, you're allowed to... If you're 
monstrous you are allowed to in a language that has no business having it use a go-to statement to jump to an arbitrary other point in the, in the code don't if ever you do use that. a yeah. go-to statement you should go to jail go direct <laughs> to jail <laughs> Uh, yeah, like that was one of those things that just like threw me the first time that I saw it. Oh god, no! I don't want to look at this. I don't. I can't look at Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah. Okay, we've we've gone far off the rails. We probably need to stop. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm just gonna talk about the because there is a coworker. Coworker. <laughs> so we have an an old program we have to maintain, unfortunately, and. Uh, yeah. A coworker recently found a comment from like nineteen ninety like nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight something like that. A comment that's older than the youngest employees. Yes. <laughs> In uh, Visual Basic six code, I believe. <sighs> so yeah, good times. <laughs> basic. Oh man, Visual I've never basic had is to... garbage. <laughs> yeah, I've never had to use that. I'm kind of fine with it. I was trying to explain basic programming on uh, I think it was yesterday. I was because I teach uh, coding to elementary mm-hmm. school students, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, my online classes are not really all that descriptive. It's more like, hey, here's the assignment. Go online, do this, and it's all scratch based these days. Oh yeah, scratch seems to be like the teaching young children language. Yeah. So we're on this website, mm-hmm. this free website, and I'm explaining it all. And I was like, yeah, back then we used to call it the if-then statements, and like trying conditional uh, statements. Yeah, condition. <laughs> that's what we we're doing. We we're but they're programming Minecraft levels with conditional statements, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, these conditionals are, you know, back in my day we just called them if-then, if this, do that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, destroy. and then you could loop those and do other fun stuff. And and then destroy the world with the ternary operator. <laughs> what if... One line, if then. Consider. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely lost track of what Wheels is playing right now. Romancing uh, Saga. Yeah, Minstrel Song. Cool. I don't know how it turned into boat action. <laughs> Crystal Lake. Yeah, you okay, can go out on the and... lake. <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually remember this. I got far enough in this in January. Yeah. I mean, this is the game that made me buy PlayStation 2 uh, 15 years ago. So... Dragon Quest Eight was mine, so Wheels is just going through our history here. <laughs> I was a psychopath who just wanted one out of raw technophilia, and that's why I played Evergrace. Uh, I don't needed, be like me. Oh, I oh, needed yeah. FF10. Do not be like me, please. I beg of you. <laughs> I'm hey, still scarred by Evergrace. Hmm. One day I will sit down and play and try to. Uh, no, wait. I did finish Evergrace eventually out of. Just sheer hatred. Wow. Uh, one day I will sit down and play Forever Kingdom, the game that every that they were smart enough to localize as not Evergrace Two, because as it turns out, if you would localize it as Evergrace Two, no one who had played Evergrace would ever play it. <laughs> but for some reason, it decided that what if all three party members shared the same HP pool. You can have everything oh, that sucks no. about being one character with everything that sucks about being three characters. 
Mm. Sweet. You love it. You can't get enough of that Evergrace action. From Software had a lot to make up for when they started making good games. <laughs> hey, what about that? All that Armored Core was good. They started making good RPGs. Okay, that's fair. I put out two awful RPGs for the PS2 launch. They they put out Armored Core 2, but they also put out Evergrace and Eternal Ring, both of which are terrible. Oh, God. Uh. Like, how do you even manage that? Did they, did they do a Kingsfield on PS2? They That's Kingsfield, the ancient city, but ever, here's the secret wheels. Eternal Ring is just Kingsfield. Oh. It's just Kingsfield, but with a ring crafting system. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I'm still so angry. Uh, I played too much of every every single PS2 launch game. <laughs> the most beloved PS2 game from them, The Adventures of Cookie and Cream. Now we officially have to stop because someone's roboting really hard now. Uh-huh. Um, hmm. Is it me? No, it seems to have actually cleared up now. <laughs> For a second, I was just hearing, like, a weird feedback noise. I'm still getting a little bit. Okay, yeah, no, it's I'm getting him. that. Yep. Okay, well, we should probably... Yeah. Okay, well, before we go, I should probably try and Do promote my books again. Yeah. Yes. Just because it's... I, I'm putting... I'm just advertising on social media as I can and when I remember. And I've actually managed to sell 10 ebooks in the last two weeks, which is good. So... Just don't ask me how many I've sold in the past four months. Listen, as long as it's an artistically fulfilling pursuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Matt, are you the one who's been reviewing stuff under your wife's name? Or if he's there? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, well, uh, yeah, you got up to the fourth book. Just keep reading, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will, will, got, got it, about it. Okay, is he repeating everything twice? Yeah, yeah, or? no, that's yeah. happening. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, on purpose is what I meant. I don't think that's on purpose. I think that's Skype. Skype has betrayed us, as it yes. must inevitably betray us all. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But, yeah, so... Uh, keep checking that out. That should still be available on Amazon in both physical and... Uh, and ebook formats. Uh, I am more focused on this than the last time we discussed it because I am not being staring agape at JoJo Battle Royale footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that that memory just rushed back into my head. Well, JoJo Battle <laughs> Royale. Yeah, there is a JoJo Battle Royale game in J- in Japanese arcades. Oh, nice. You need to get back to watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, by the way. But it was me, Dio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of good stuff that you haven't seen yet. Yeah, I'm gonna. I will get back to it. Get back to me when you can sun, yeah, sunlight yellow overdrive. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, Princess of the Pizza Parlor. Uh, how many books yes. do you have? Um, eight 
put up oh. on Amazon. I should probably be putting up the ninth one sometime soon. I've just been I've been trying to look at agents and things for this and other projects, and I had just postponed putting up the ninth episode for six months. Um, As you do. And um, then I got sidetracked on a paralogue that takes place at the same time as the tenth episode, and so I never wrote the tenth episode. I'm, just, I'm starting that one now. Mm-hmm. And not coincidentally, looking up s- some quotes from Cyrano de Bergerac for interesting reasons. Um, yeah, I, I, I really do some deep cut, um, random literary references from time to time. Just, That's to what makes it it, fun. just to see if anybody notices. Are we still uh, talking about your books? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I, mean, I, did, I did enjoy the first four. I, I do need to get back to those. Yeah. My, uh, my wife's got the Amazon... What is it? Where you the Kindle Unlimited? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I even listened to your book on uh, as an audio book because Alexa read it to me. Mm-hmm. It's the one with oh, yeah. the uh, the vampire. Yes, grandmothers and other fearsome encounters. Yes, the one the one, the one that starts off with the Doctor Seuss reference in the very first paragraph, <laughs> just for the <laughs> hell of it. Alexa read that one admirably well considering it had a character who was literally half melted and sounded like it towards Correct. the end. I'm amazed. <laughs> I'm sure it, it that. worked out super well with that attempt at iDialect with that I dialect going I, on. I, I don't know if I put that in the review that I that one was I did audio. Maybe I haven't reviewed that one, but no, I do need to pick that series back up. I do appreciate yeah, you're, it. You're, you're just going to love it by, when it gets to ch- uh, episode 8 cuz I introduce a character who canonically out of game has the worst French accent that anybody can manage. Oh, that, that, you're going to have to how, report both what happens and what Alexa does to it. Uh, I mean, that is that is how it's described when somebody tries to talk in character around the game table with this character. It's the worst French accent possible. And then it, ma- it maps to the fantasy sections where he is in fact speaking in the worst French accent I can, I can put to uh, words. It's it gets really, really awful. <laughs> Purposefully <laughs> awful. To the point where it's quite possible that one of the other characters, um, um, NPC characters in that episode who literally only speaks in queet, queet, quet, quet, is more understandable than he is. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, Kindle tells yeah. me I am 20% of the way through uh, boyfriends and other anno- so minor annoyances. Minor annoyances, yeah. So yes, okay. I, I got to get back to that. Just keep keep reviewing under my wife's name because Amazon kicked me off years ago. <laughs> oh, God, Amazon. It might have had something to do with me, like getting free products. I, you know, I will neither confirm or deny that. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, just. Keep on enjoying. I know that. I mean, I understand that you probably have some free time, even though it's almost all still online lessons. I'm sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I honestly don't work much right now. You know, the classroom yeah, teachers. Do I. The classroom teachers do the bulk of it, and you know, I'm online an hour a day, and you know, maybe spend another hour or two planning out what stuff's going to be. But it, yeah, between uh, I'm I'm saving an hour and a half a day on commuting and uh. Plenty of hours of work. Less going on than you do because hey, the prefecture just announced that they are extending the no school period to the end of May. Yeah, our state just canceled the school year, so through the end of May will be the end of ours. 
Oh, uh, we're just sure. assuming that we don't get summer vacation over here this time. Yeah, because I mean, for, have to for make summer vacation like, I mean, for us, summer vacation is one week out of July and all of August. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I learned that from so, Persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's So yeah, so um, yeah, that means that we probably. I mean, if we have summer vacation this year, I'm going to be very surprised because that's the only way that they're going to make up. They're not even going to finish making up the last two months of class. So I mean, some schools over here went back to school for a week. And then they announced, "No, we're canceling." Yeah, that was super. That was a super bad idea to begin with. No, I mean most of them only did it so that they could actually have opening ceremonies officially. Oh. Yeah, with students. Oh yeah, because, oh. yeah. Yeah. So some forms have to follow. Though I mean, my favorite story is still the, uh, the sixth grade class somewhere in this country that organized it. Uh, well, apparently, when you leave a bunch of sixth graders alone at home, and all they have to do have to do is to play Minecraft, they get kind of creative, and they just made their own class graduation ceremony. <laughs> in Minecraft, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but they actually did this. I think you funny, mentioned that last week. I'm sure I did. Yeah, it's Fuck still there's repeating that this is just fun. No, I. Yeah, last Friday. I think it was last Friday evening. Um, they kind of stealth dropped on our school that they can't. Ever, since schools obviously canceled the rest of the year, graduations canceled, kindergarten graduation, fifth grade, eighth grade, all all our different ones, and that blew up um, in a Facebook group with a bunch of our parents, like how horrible it was, and you know they could have at least delayed it, and th- th- there was a lot of anger there. So now there's a lot of backpedaling. And I remember, like, the next day listening to you saying that. I'm like, hmm, I should have gotten that Facebook dis- discussion and been like, hey, why don't we design an online one like this? <laughs> and how bad of a suggestion that would have gone over. <laughs> Although, all pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Think with that, uh... and right now I'm really hoping that my daughters actually did take a nap because if the older one went three days in a row without actually napping, I'm sure I will be regretting this later. See, uh, that leaves us with uh, Plowy, Matt, whichever. Uh, Do you want to plug anything? I presume at least slime time. Oh yeah. Um, just dropped a new episode of Slime Time this week, mm-hmm. uh, actually earlier today, and it surprisingly is what I just talked about on RPG Backtrack for like 19 hours. Musos! <laughs> Musos. Well, that's terrifying. I, it just so happened <laughs> that it worked out at the same time that they were planning that one, it, it, which should have come out like a whole month and a half before the one that I had planned for Slime Time. So, yeah, yes, I was I, watching I, the odyssey of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that Phil finally on what is it Saturday or Sunday was like, no, we're just putting it out as one episode because yeah. there was discussion of splitting it and doing another final lap, and I'm like, oh my god, we've already done eight hours again of this. Let's yeah. let's put it to bed. I was done. Way, way more awake in the original version of that, and then the released one, I'm probably very sleepy. <laughs> yeah, you were you you uh you made it that night, but yeah. And you were your body was there. Your brain was there. 
And you know what? Let's put this completely on Phil because Phil used his six weeks between the two recordings of that to completely play Fire Emblem Warriors a lot more. And <laughs> oh, I, I think at the the first the first pass through, we were all like, oh, you know, Fire Emblem Warriors was the lesser of all those games, and and the six hour version that was released, I think two hours of that was Phil talking about Fire Emblem Warriors. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, and I'm just I, waiting for Persona Five Scramble. I've been indoctrinated. I'm gonna buy that and play it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing another Muso. What is wrong with me? I'm excited to play that one. I, I don't know if I should get it this year or wait until the eventual PS or Persona 5 because it's supposed you to continue maybe, the story, right? Yeah, no. Like To the point where like some of the trailers partially as a joke but kind of not. They have like a, like sections where the logo fuzzes over to change the S into a 2. Oh. Like, it mm. is... The there is a it is a story follow up to Persona Five, which ends in like at least the original. I don't know how Royal ends, but I don't think that Royal's plot points could really be. They would have had time to incorporate them into Scramble. But suffice to say that it ends in a way that allows for more games in a way that Four and Three do not. Interesting. Okay, hmm. well, I, I've talked about Musos for about a dozen hours on podcast this year, and uh played my way through Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors, so I, I'm I'm good with Muso for this year, so I, I can put that off. That's fine. Yeah. I'm interested in it. Uh, I can't believe that they're going to sucker me into it, but I am interested in a game that is being a sequel to Persona 5, and I am interested in a game that is not being a traditional Muso. So... Mm-hmm. We'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Also, the the new character. Uh, I'm going to spoil one aspect of it. The new character has a persona that I'm really, really uh, on board for the uh, symbolism of. Like just as like, a, oh, that's a fun one to do. Because like uh, one of the things that was fun about Persona Five was, of course, all the different thieves they came up with, which involved in mining a lot more of like pop culture. So that's why you had like the protagonist is Arsene Lupin. Uh, this one. Uh, one of the new characters has the persona Baojan, which is kind of a fun thing to see. That's like a huh, that whole prisoner thief motif. Uh, that Wrong, like wrongfully, was, yeah, wrongfully in prison and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which was something that like it it was the kind of thing that could have been in the original and didn't, but was like it's nice to see them pick that uh, motif right back up with Scramble. So. Very, very excited for that. Well, maybe I'll be one year removed from Phil, who's got his per year persona going. <laughs> you can play Persona Three. That's a persona. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be my persona for this year. That'll be someone fine. Can, maybe someone can finally join me in having played Persona Two, and I can be obsessed with someone else. <laughs> I've played it. I you haven't played that. No. <laughs> I've played Persona One. Oh, I did. It's garbage. I've finished that and it sucks. It's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's not very good. All of the the plot is interesting. Like reading a plot summary is fine. Eh. Uh, <laughs> yep. Maybe I, I could commit I, to doing that this year. <laughs> but Persona, have... Persona Two, like that game's still kind of archaic, but like I think that its plot and characters are so good, and it's uh, still it's it's 
playable enough that I still recommend it. Hmm. I was going to say, I have the five volumes of Persona manga. Oh, man. That might actually be a better way to experience that plot. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Let's take a look here. Much more interesting, I'm sure. Say the uh, good old hacked Vita's got all those personas on it, but I have a feeling one and two will not be touched. (laughs) Innocence and, and Eternal Punishment are both very interesting games, very worth playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember importing and, uh, Innocent Sin. That was a choice I made. <laughs> and not just for the fact that random rumors of an urban legend somehow managed to manifest Nyarlathotep as Hitler. It's even like better that. in the PSP version where they just sho- shoved sunglasses on him, but he still has that same ridiculous grin. Like... With the sunglasses on, it's like, can you believe this shit? Can you believe people are actually listening to me? <laughs> but yeah, like better. that game, that game's great. Uh, the uh, later games mine it for a lot of thematic, thematically interesting material. Uh, it has a really strong cast, and it's kind of the like endpoint of like Persona's. One and two have like a running plot that gets sort of brushed away because like, but by the end of Persona Two, it's clear why that plot is not going on anymore. But like, at least in the foreground, but it's it's interesting like that the whole Philemon near Lapitek uh, plot is gone in uh, it's, three through five. Uh, um, I also have the manga um, Una Substantia, which hmm. continues the Philemon. Thing. Um, it doesn't actually mention Nyarlathotep, but it has a character who uh, turns out um, he, you think he, he's one of the secondary villains, and then he shows up with Philemon to discuss some stuff later. Hmm. And you're thinking, oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was actually a pretty good uh, short manga series. Mm-hmm. So. I'll forever mourn that we did not get the, the like the weird fashion in which we got it, where we got the PSP version of Innocent Sin and the PS1 version of Eternal Punishment. <laughs> uh, Eternal Punishment's PS1 translation is actually quite good, although it is hurt by the fact that it tries to keep continuity with the PS1 translation of Persona 1. <laughs> so it's like, it, it's like constantly in this quantum state of attempting to retcon bad localization choices <laughs> uh, made in the PS1 version, like chaini- changing Condori's name to, like, Guido the Rock Sardinia. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad name. Uh, but, like, they, they, like, basically changed that to, like, oh, that was an alias, his real name's Condori. Uh, like, uh, Kei Nanjo got renamed to, like, Nate in the English version. They, like, they can't completely erase that, so they just call him Nanjo the entire time and imply that his name is Nate Nanjo. The, oh, boy. The strongest actual continuity tie between the old games and the new ones in terms of named statements is actually probably the fact that Persona 3 clarifies that the Kirijo group, which uh, kind of underwrites a lot of the activities in Persona 3, is actually a branch of the Nanjo group from Personas 1 and 2. Very strange. Well, it looks like uh, somebody's put out Persona 2 Innocent Sin and Persona 2 Eternal Punishment the movies on YouTube. They're only Don't like do eight, that. <laughs> it's only 18 and 15 hours each, you know? Oh. Yeah, that that must be just literally all of the dialogue in the game. <laughs> 
I, I'm sure it is. That's they but do look prettier than the gameplay out. ones that I've. <laughs> you'll probably still miss out on some of the fun. Like one of my favorite like subplots going on in the in Innocent Sin is that one of the characters. Uh, Oh, man, this poor girl. So her name is Lisa Silverman, and her dad is basically Steven Seagal, which is to say that if you look at him, he is just uh, Soejima drawing Steven Seagal. <laughs> but, like, like her character storyline is that she she does, she's lived her entire life in Japan, but she looks foreign, so people assume that she is foreign, they assume that she speaks other languages, and, like, you know, just all these foreign stereotypes that she's having to sort of live with. It's it's an interesting character arc to have in an RPG that you don't see that often. But like, I like this poor girl. The first time you meet her, uh, she gets she gets labeled with her actual name Lisa, and then another character calls her Ginko because her last name is Silverman. So. <laughs> They come up with a like pun on like oh silver in Japanese and girl, but then she she has to live with that like that is just the way that the game labels her the entire rest of the game. <laughs> She's just oh, a geez. very cruel UI choice. <laughs> but yeah, that game that game's great. It has some of my favorite options for how to interact with. So like that was bef- three and four took out the. Uh, demon negotiations that one and two have. Some of the interactions you can negotiate with demons on in two are bizarre. Uh, the main character can't talk, so you can't have like dialogue. So his uh, in Innocent Sin. So his way of negotiating with demons is to make sound effects into a microphone. Uh, the uh, if you you can send multiple characters in to negotiate at once, which leads to like if the characters know if the characters don't know each other, whoever has the most dominant personality will just tell the others to leave. But if they do know each other well, which happens over the course of the story, they will start having these very strange group negotiation tactics where like if you send two of the girls together, they'll have like a they'll ask the demon to like judge them in a beauty contest, or like just all sorts of these. Like the main character and like the secondary, like the uh, your sort of the other guy of the group can have like a uh, like long discussion about what it means to be a man together, and then like the demon will just get confused by that. Persona Two is great. <laughs> I know my favorite negotiation conversation is still from Soul Hackers. Oh man! Where it, it's one of the little fire rat monsters later on, um, mm-hmm. where if you talk to him and he's like. Hey, wait a minute, I know you. You do? Yeah, yeah, you're... In, insert superhero name here. Mm-hmm. And you can answer yes or no, and, it's like, and you can say, oh, yes, that's right. Oh, can I have your autograph? Um, sure. Writes down the name. And then the monster reads out your name as inputted into the game at the start, and it's like, oh, wow, that must be your secret identity. Cool. Can I join you? Sure. <laughs> you got party member. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Persona 2. Hopefully someday some someone other than me will play it. I think it's actually the least popular one in Japan <laughs> as well. Like, the the Persona 1 re-release sold better than the Persona 2 re-release. <laughs> just, just tragic. Just absolutely tragic. <laughs> but I swear they're really cool. They're really neat. They make a, they have like a neat 
they're they're really built around the idea of like five uses a lot of its ideas of like uh, the uh, th- four and five use a lot of the same ideas of like rumors and cognition affecting reality, but in like two, you actually have a mechanic that's built around using it to your advantage, where it's just like pay to have rumors spread that will cause things to happen. Like, the first rumor you pay to have spread is how you unlock your initial weapon shop, because you uh, pay to have the rumor spread that this woman that runs a ramen shop used to be a secret agent and has, like, a bunch of weapons that they'll sell if you buy <laughs> order this one unpalatable choice of uh, set of ramen-like sides. And because the game's entirely based on the power of urban legends. Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, it, it really go like that plot is nuts by the end like everything all of the rumors that have collided and produced like these truly insane plots and oh man I, I freaking that I game, really that game do need to play this game sometime but uh, I, I would have yeah. to play it in Japanese I'm afraid I would not get all the fun out of it but then again might because <laughs> yeah. I have played some really weird games in Japanese yeah uh, uh well, uh, actually, I remember, oh, I remember Sigma Harmonics where I actually called out the Megaton developer saying, yeah, here's a game that would make give them a headache at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I think my favorite, like, I, uh... <laughs> so, like, each of them, of course, like, both parts are meant to be sort of played in sequence, but each of them Which has, Which one like, comes first? It's Innocent Sin and then okay. Eternal Punishment. Okay. So I'm looking here that Innocent Sin may be like a 35-hour game. Is that yeah. really true? Oh, you, okay. You can probably finish it in about 35, 40 hours. Okay. Uh, like, there are, there are some dungeons where it's like, mm, maybe maybe shouldn't have kept this. This is maybe too long. But I think that you could totally finish that in a normal RPG amount of time, not a Persona 4 and 5 amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty on par with PlayStation 1 period of uh, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think, like my uh, persona, uh, I, I was always appreciative of the fact that you can name your Phantom Thief group in Persona Five because it means that I always, always name them a what is allowed to be both a Persona reference and a pro wrestling reference. <laughs> Yay! Because my uh, because one of the villain factions of Persona Two Eternal Punishment is the NWO. <laughs> <laughs> New World nice. Order, which uh, it's uh, it's quite something, and there is a part of me that is just imagining Soejima having to draw an anime Hulk Hogan and really wanting to see it. Well, I know what music I'm using for this episode now. <laughs> what real American instead? No, NWO <laughs> music is not good. What? Yes, it is. You sh- shut your mouth. Oh wait, wait. Some of the NWO music is good. Some of it is very cheap. <laughs> uh, how long were they using Voodoo Child? I don't know. Because Voodoo Child is the good NWO music. <sighs> You're terrible. What? <laughs> Listen, after that, it's just low-rent Voodoo Child. <laughs> True. I suppose that's not the worst thing in the world, I'll give you that. Once you get into, like, black and silver NWO, the music is bad. We're not talking about the NWO 2000, though, so I'll, I'll give you that. How do you feel about the Wolfpack music? It's, 
it's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, okay, we've gone far enough off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I swore Are we were sure? going like half an hour Are ago. you really sure? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, returning to a good two and a half hour <laughs> runtime as we once used to have. That's okay. That's been my life for the past two weeks. <laughs> really it's like long anywhere. Listen, invite me on to slime time. We'll talk for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> my my co-host uh, has this thing about going to bed and That's wanting disgusting. to sleep. And, yeah, like, what, what are you talking what? about? That's overrated, man. <laughs> we fin- I think we finished, at about, we finished at about 1.30 a.m. yesterday. Um, we did two. We recorded two episodes back to back, and then I just stayed up to two thirty editing, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Listen, no one's going to wake me up too early in the morning. It's fine. <laughs> uh, my kids sometimes I... do. I will say this morning though, I was able to get up since one of them gotten up. I went into his bedroom, told him just put on the TV. That's fine. And next thing I it was nine a.m. It was great. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have two small children who are still going to nursery school, so we're up at 6 a.m., 6 to 6 a.m. Oh. oh, okay, that's fun. And then I'm over at the, the shopping center's mall at 9.30 with a note of just writing stuff. <laughs> Which I probably can't do any much longer, because I think they're uh, now doing hours of 10 to 7 starting tomorrow. That makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, I would be worried about social distancing, except there is nobody in that food court. <laughs> yeah, that's probably I, I've best. got a minimum safe distance of 50 meters. <laughs> <laughs> the, the most human contact I have is at the self-checkout aisle of the grocery store getting a uh, drink. Mm. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully one day this will all be a very dated discussion. <laughs> Hopefully. You can only hope. But yeah. So, I, know, yeah. I, n- I never thought I would miss so much just browsing a freaking GameStop. Yeah, that's weird. That I don't I'm not comfortable feeling that. Oh, uh, next. Crap. Oops. Okay, I'm gonna have to restart this mission again. <laughs> um, next week, look it, forward to me uh, shouting about I don't know, soccer awards maybe. That should be out by then. Oh yeah, that's out next week. Yeah. So is uh East um of stuff on PS4. Uh, Trials okay. of Mana. Like Trials right of Mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, East Calcutta. Memories of Calcutta. Oh, it is. It's after midnight, so. Yeah. yeah. Don't feed wheels after midnight. Um, hey, it's already out over here because it's past 3 p.m. here. <laughs> but yeah, Trials of Mana is now out I mean, on PS4 I, and Switch. I actually, I actually could have bought it this afternoon or this morning <laughs> from, a, from a store down the way. But, but buying new games, silly. <laughs> hey, I already have a collection of mana. I'll probably just play through it again on that and then wait for a while. There you go. Uh, wait, wait for a sale because I I played through the English demo. So I, if there's a sale online, I'll probably just get it through. Actually, mm. hey, actually, never mind. I'm not sure how I was going to pay for it on the English version because um, you still need two different currency cards, don't you? Um. um. Well, I mean, I used to buy stuff on the Japanese eShop with my English credit card, so... Something to try sometime, but maybe, I mean... Maybe easier than you think. Maybe. But yeah, I'm probably not going to be relying on anything involving the mail anytime soon. 
Uh, by the way, Rills, I, I, I fully had the intention of sending you Monster Strike after I was done with it. Um, however, as of this morning, all mail, international mail from Japan to America has been halted. Oh, um, oh wow. Like a month. I mean, a surface, surface air or surface mail was finished like over about a month ago, but now even EMS, um, they're saying that if you sent, if you've already sent an EMS package to America, expect it to arrive in about four months. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, hmm. um, whenever they actually um, reestablish proper mail connections with the United States, um, provided that the U.S. Postal Service still exists at that point, I'll just mail you some stuff. Yeah. That is a bit of a gif, unfortunately. Um, so. Well, DHL is still running, I know, but I wouldn't ask you to pay those sorts of rates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are so, pricey. Yeah. I'm going to have to play this copy of Divinity, Will sent me. <laughs> yeah, we can try the multiplayer of that. Yeah, yeah. But not right now, because it's 2 a.m. for you. Yes, uh, I need to go to bed. Questions go, go in the bed. comment section, or they go in the Q&A quest section of the RP Gamer Discord. Feel free to join the Discord. We talk sometimes. Uh, and <laughs> sometimes we talk too much. Yeah. But usually we just talk enough. Yes. Maybe even not enough. We're happy to hear from you. I say the fewer the questions, the longer the episode. So. Yeah, because we don't. <laughs> if have you did not like that... this format, please ask a question to them. <laughs> yeah, seriously, because like the questions help modulate how much we can t it's feasibly true. talk so, while feeling like did, once we've run out of questions, did, it's like, well, I guess we have to stop. Did we actually address the question that Scar asked a week ago? No, and let's, I just missed it. Let's save it for next time, just in case we're still out of questions. <laughs> Okay, let's just that, do that. I mean, we there, was like a, there was a good 15 to 20 minute period where I simply couldn't say anything because if I took the microphone off of mute, you'd be hearing my older daughter just shouting, hello, 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 into it over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, that's she, adorable, but also I appreciate and it. She really wanted Thank to say you. hello to you guys. I wasn't going to take it off the mic. Actually, I might have at one point. And sorry for any noise. Um, but yeah. So. Uh. Because she really enjoyed saying hello to you guys um, a week or two ago, the last time it was. <laughs> yeah. So questions in the usual places. We'll, we promise we will respond to. Uh, we will respond to your uh, questions. <laughs> Scar's question will come up. Uh, <laughs> but this week, well. This week we apparently had some things to get off our chest. <laughs> so, comment section, Q&A quest, part of the RP Gamer Discord, I'm and stuff. otherwise, see you Space Cowboys.